three, one, two, three. <laughs> Stephen Downey, what is your favourite game? My favourite game is The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. So I first got into playing games, probably if you go way back, it's probably the, the BBC Micro <laughs> in school. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I first started playing those silly little educational games. Mm. Um, and then sort of, and then I think my mum and dad sort of realised that, oh, there's, uh, maybe there is some sort of a, you know, benefit to these, these game things that aren't just uh, silly nonsense. And we got, I actually don't know which one we got. But it was uh, my mum and dad picked it up in some sort of like like, well, like a flea market mm -hmm. or one of them small like a markets like sort of uh, pre-owned. Um, but it was like a it was either like a you know a BBC one or one of the Apple you know small devices. And I keep on asking my dad which one it was. And he says it's like a non-generic brand. But I'm I'm sure to someone it's a it's a really classic brand. But he doesn't remember which one it was. Um, basically that was like Frogger, mm -hmm. uh, which I know sounds like it's not really a start to the game. But I spent so many hours up in that attic. Playing uh, in my house, uh, you know, you would stick the tape on, go down and have dinner, come back up again, and the tape would tape would have loaded in the cassette player, and it um, me and my sister sat and played Frogger and lots of actually basically Frogger for about two years. <laughs> that, that was the only game I had. Um, and eventually, I think I was must must been about maybe ten or so before I moved into you know everyone in school was talking about the Mega Drives and our Nintendos and stuff. So mm -hmm. I finally got um. I finally got myself a Mega Drive too. Mm. Then, so um, I would have been like Sonic and, and Shinobi and, and those sort of like classic titles. But I think um, my sister then, being you know contrary, she wanted to get she would have had the Super Nintendo at that point. Ah, so yeah, so, 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 <laughs> so better 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 platform wars within the Downey household. Exactly, but and I'm sure I spent as much time. I think I think at that point already it would have been Mario three would have been the first game we first Mario game we had in the house. So um but I think I would have spent as much time. And then mine would have been Sonic and Knuckles. Mm. So we both sort of come on near the near the sort of like you know the end of the sort of like that generation uh, and those franchises. Um I think I sort of went back. Uh, I think one of my friends had had a bit there was Nintendo. He had Duck Hunt and he had uh, uh the, the first Mario and I, I played it in his house a few times but my, my first real experience was uh second Mega Drive two and uh and the, the, the Super Nintendo. Mm. But they weren't just then, you know, in any sort of hopped in each other's bedrooms and they were sort of playing for hours and that was really good fun. Uh, and then I switched, I, I betrayed Sega and I went to the N64 when it was, uh, when it was time to upgrade. Uh, but I think that's when I really, you know, I think 
that's when he really first noticed the, the, the games and what they were doing. So I remember gasping whenever uh, it would have been in um, the Zelda Ocarina of Time. Mm. And there was a point where I was trying to solve a puzzle and it didn't, I hadn't told you that if you put uh, the wooden stick, which, was, which I thought was a weapon, you know, you put the wooden stick mm. on the flame, it sets fire, you can light up the other flames, which opens the door. And I was like, I wonder what, and I couldn't, I couldn't solve a free, I wonder if I get this wooden stick and I'll just light a fire. And it worked. And I was like, oh my God, people have been, and I think that's when I clicked, the people were behind the scenes designing these things and coming up with all these different um, scenarios. Um, so I don't play like, and then GoldenEye was really big amongst our friend circle with it, like getting together in people's houses. And uh, I suppose I was around 15 or so then, maybe a bit younger. Mm. And that was when I sort of like, that was more like the community was growing mm. around games. Uh, and I, I, really, I really got into them. And then I took um, a really big break after that. So wow. Yeah. Like, so like how long did you take? About 10 years. I, di- I didn't. So the la- I, got, I got Majora's Mask because I loved um, Ocarina of Time so much. Mm. But I don't think I finished Majora's Mask. And I think that might have been when I was sort of way on interest. And I might have been going to, you know, sort of like in the later years of, of school, sort of like, you know, and then maybe moving on to like a university and stuff. So mm. I, I didn't play games for like, you know, for yeah, about 10 years. So I came back to games. I, I sort of admired them from afar, but it was part of it was like a money thing, you know, like I just couldn't afford a console myself you yeah. know, and, and all these sort of 40, 50 pound games. Mm. It was like, it was a hobby that I knew if I was going to get back into, was going to end up being, you know, pretty expensive in a way as well. Um, and I was I was spent on my money buying comic books, mm. you know. So and, uh, it was one or the other, I think, for for like for my own budget. Uh, and then, but then some of the comic guys were all starting to play like Gears of War, mm. and I went to one of their houses, and it just blew me away, like the sort of the graphics quality, and you know they're running around with this massive, you know, laser. I was like, holy crap, this this is a proper leap from what I was playing, you know, on the, the on the N sixty four. You were starting to come back towards that sort of golden generation of PlayStation three and Xbox three sixty type games, and when the Wii was just become this massive huge thing anyway. Yeah, so so I basically I sort of skipped the first couple of Playstations. Mm. Uh, I, I know PS1 was technically at the same time as the N64, but mm. I, I chose oh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the Nintendo route. So I sort of missed, I missed all these sort of like, you know, adult games. You know, an adult isn't like oh, yeah. gory. You know, so I missed out on Resident Evil, didn't really bother with any of those things. I seen someone play it once, didn't really, I was more into Mario then and you know, in Golden, I suppose. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, so my, well, my wife, that was then, then my girlfriend, she bought me a, uh, Xbox 360 at the end of its at near the end of its life so like Gears of War 3 would have been out yeah. already so um, and then I just once once I was playing Gears of War 3 and uh, so the first time playing online multiplayer as opposed to waiting for somebody to come around to your house to play mm. you know GoldenEye every, every now and again uh, and then I loved that I think that's when I really got back into um, sort of the console and sort of bigger games then from, from sort of Gears 3 onwards and then uh-huh. that, that, that 360 um, what else would they have played then I suppose around I, I sort of stuck to the sort of big titles, you know, mm. for a while, and then eventually we did get, um, whenever the PS4 was getting cheap, we mm. got we got um, we got the PS4 to use as a Netflix device, you know, because it was actually going to be, I mean, it was so uh, it, was, it was getting so cheap, it was less expensive than to buy, you know, another another device. Mm. But then I got into Uncharted Four, you know, I'm sorry, yeah, I think maybe three was out then, and then sort of went back and played all the Uncharted games and really, and then I played a couple of the. Um, uh, like God of War and stuff, and I really got into those first-person titles for that, that that I couldn't get, you know, on Xbox. Ah. So um, that was me stuck in again. And I sort of sort of carried on with every console since. I I love how you basically mentioned how Gears of War three was just sort of basically your sort of um 
entry into sort of the whole online multiplayer social mm-hmm. aspect because like that was basically near enough this is the equivalent for me in regards to the original Gears of War back oh, in the day, like yeah. 2006, that was my sort of first entry in the online um, online gaming anyway, like that and PG Project Gotham Racing 3 on the Xbox 360 and like just just sort of hearing that just sort of makes reminds me of that sort of golden time when um, where Xbox 360 just basically had a lot of great multiplayer games, especially for Xbox Live anyway, like, like especially um, Gears of War and like Halo 3 hadn't even come out yet at that time, like it was about a year out yet before that came out. Yeah, well, I must have got Gears of War 3 as in like, it was the latest title, mm. but it wasn't at launch. Mm. I, I would have even got it a bit later, so I think my first Halo was Halo Reach. Ah. So but funnily enough, like coming in, people saying that's one of the better later games, and that was actually my first experience. Ah. But, but it, it came with the Halo 3 multiplayer disc, mm. so I, I actually played Halo 3 multiplayer through Halo Reach. But mm. yeah, it was another brilliant sort of, you know, online multiplayer, and different, you know, it's sort of... Similar enough gameplay, but it was the it was the first time kind of first person yeah. shooter on online, and mm-hmm. that was a again that was a nice change from the Gears of War, you know, hiding, duck and hide, sort of shoot behind the corner, ah. and all of a sudden you're, you're you're you know you have the blast forward of Halo and just keep moving. Ah. So that, that, and that was like a really great experience, you know, and it's, and I think by the end it sort of polished the multiplayer. You know, it was it was running smooth. I was able to connect really quick and jump on and play games with strangers. Really, I just I just I didn't really play much. I hadn't got that many friends that were playing. Uh, you know, console games, so I was able to hop on and play with just bring randomly, but really good fun. Mm, like, no, like Halo Reach was a, definitely a good time to jump in with everything in that series. And I'm like, like, Halo 3, like, what can you, like, like from the Feast of the Era, I don't know, like, Halo 3 was just absolutely phenomenal. Halo 3 ODST, I think, is just super brilliant. And Reach oh, was. You're right, I, got, I did get ODST first. That's oh. what I got. No, sorry, yeah, so I bought ODST as a standalone. And got the Halo Three disc. That's right. And, yeah. and, and then moved into Reach afterwards. Mm. Uh, so Reach was the first one I think I bought myself, like as a follow up. Ah, uh, yeah. No, that's right. Um, I was, I was thinking, um, but yeah, um, yeah. I think that sort of three sixty area of Halo games, I mean, like from three to Reach, anyway, were just sort of the golden peak of that series for me. In a way, like after that, it was just a bit. Uh, four four's multiplayer was great. Four story was eh, whereas five story was eh, but. I've not played multiplayer. I've not played the multiplayer on five, but um, oh, that's Xbox One, not Xbox Three Sixty. But I digress. Um, but yeah, um, the touchback and so I don't know if you mentioned it, but like there was one other game that you um didn't mention when you were uh, talking about your sort of N sixty four days. You did because you said you were uh, playing Ocarina of Time and Majora and all that there. But there was one game that I'm sort of interested that was sort of conspicuous by its absence and that's Mario 64 oh yeah I loved it as well yeah, oh. I, just, I think it was only because like I think yes yeah, so I think I would I probably got Mario 64 and Diddy Kong Racing mm. with the sort of as my, as my um, you know one of them bundles you get or yeah. I, I, I got it for Christmas but it was one of the bundles I got oh yeah, yeah. So, it was, it was so, basically the same for my Xbox 360 as well oh, okay yeah, yeah. like I got Gears uh, PGR free on Boxing Day but bundle I got for uh, my Xbox 360 was Gears, PGR, a MotoGP game, and God forgive me for even saying this, Dead or Alive Extreme Volleyball. See, I, 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 that's a whole generation of games that I just, or a whole I just skipped. You know, I've, I barely, I, I recognize a couple of the brands that are coming back, but uh, other than that, I didn't play any of those games really, or I didn't play. Um, but no, yeah, Mario and um, Diddy Kong. But I think, you know, it was my first time then playing 3D games. Mm. I think it actually must have went up to like Toys R Us. 
and played a tiny bit in the um, you know they used to have the Wii display console so you could go and play but see and then see getting my hands on that on that Nintendo stick and I think that was was that before that was before the rest of them had sticks yeah. yeah so like and it was just like a revelation of moving around in 3D and I know it was weird like in retrospect only having the one stick mm. and having to you know control the camera with your the other the sort of like the yellow yeah, the yellow D-pad sort of um, yeah yeah but uh yeah, no, but I think, yeah, it was only because when I was playing those, I was just so fascinated by the move into, you know, like, wow, these are new games, 3D, and didn't even think about the game design, really. It wasn't until, it was only because I mentioned Zelda, because that was the first time I went, oh, someone's making these puzzles, someone's thought ahead of me and thought, wood, fire, you know, that sort of thing, but, um, yeah, those, those, were, um, those were brilliant games as well. Did you not have that thought with um, the later Mario games, like, especially, like, well, at least in my opinion, like, Galaxy or Odyssey, I don't know? I didn't really, um, I would have, like, I didn't, I, do, I had a Wii, but it was like a, it was my, you know, like girlfriend's family Wii. Mm. So I didn't actually, um, probably, maybe, because they were, they're real Nintendo fans. Mm. So when I started like, you know, so they were, they were banning them games themselves. But I didn't really, um, I didn't really, I might have played some of them, but I didn't really get as invested as mm. in the later Mario games. Mm. Even, I don't know why, I just um, didn't really follow the series after 64. Oh. I think, uh, see, I, I know I've played some of them, oh, but yeah. I definitely didn't play them the whole way through. Oh, what, what's the one that came out? I played the one on the Switch. Oh, that's yeah, Odyssey. Yeah, Odyssey, yeah. So um, it, it was brilliant, but obviously, you know, I was already making games at that yeah. point, so I, I was thinking about it, but uh, from a different point of view. Oh, no, no, fair enough. So I started off my uh, my career as a comic book artist. Um, I always wanted to draw comics and... Uh, I was really just to have a love of, you know, I was always reading books, you know, reading stories. And always drawn, hmm. so to me, comic books at the end were the, the medium that you could draw and tell a story at the same time. Um, so yeah, so I did that for a few years. Um, I did. Uh, I thought to myself, you know, I'll go to art college. I'll, I'll be a better artist. I'll do this stuff. And then I, uh, I applied to art college, uh, sort of recommended by you know the, the art teachers and people who had actually visited the school from art college. Um, but I was so burnt out then that I didn't apply for foundation year. And I thought, oh, let's apply for fine art. That's what I like doing. I like drawing. And they were sort of like, you've really applied for the wrong thing. You've, you've come with comic art and you're showing and you know, some paintings. But like, you know, you really need to do foundation first and then go into that fine arts thing. So, you know, come back and apply again next year for foundation. Uh, and I think by then, I'd sort of been working in comics. I sort of got, my, I got, I got that step in the career myself already. So it was when um, I didn't bother going, to, or I didn't, uh, I, was, I was rejected, followed by a, uh, I'm not going to bother going after all, uh, the art colleagues. So sort of was just the, the my own uh, portfolio and career ways. Uh, worked in a comic store, uh, for it. it was called Talisman uh, for a while, and then moved on to drawing comics for um, for a couple of years. I drew, I drew some stuff like How to Train a Dragon and Flash Gordon, Jennifer Wilde, obviously as well, back then. And then, just then, you know, when you're in that industry, a lot of people are hopping and have their parallel careers. So you know that some, uh, I think it was showing people some samples and they said, look, with the uh, with the iPhone and the 3DS coming out around mm. then, there was a comeback for 2D art. Mm. You know, because beforehand I never thought of working in games because it all seemed to be it was all 3D and I didn't really know there was a you know a sort of industry there for, for 2D art. So yeah, so I was starting to get asked to draw some backgrounds for 3DS games. I think I did some Need for Speed and um like Warner Wordless Comic San Diego was out on the Switch or no, sorry, the um the what would have been would have been the Wii yeah the Wii I think so the um and it's something did two D backgrounds because it was going to be a sort of smaller game mm. and I sort of got I sort of went wow I, I love seeing people walk around inside my art you know or, or in front of my art it's it's really it's really cool and uh so I sort of got this bug for making games and 
making these interactive worlds that were you know all hand drawn and, and sort of and nice looking. So um, it, it looks like comics, but it plays like a game. It's sort of it's sort of what I sort of then wanted to move into. And yeah, so I found a I found a programmer. The there was a programmer. He was he was a podcaster as well. He did um, uh, comic book outsiders was the name of his podcast. Semi related. There's no uh, there's no legal uh, <laughs> there's no legal connection there, but it is. Uh, I sort of stole the name from that. It was like outsider games. Um, but yeah, so uh, yeah, he was a programmer and he he wanted to make he'd been making some games, um, and I was an artist that wanted to make games. He hadn't got an artist. I hadn't got a programmer. So I teamed up. And we actually pitched um, the Arts Council here. They had, they had a, a thing called CIF, uh, which was the Creative Industries Innovation Fund. Uh, it was very small comparatively, and it was like, I think, a £10,000 grant, which if you're making a game is not really you know, much at all, but it's enough to, for us to sort of like pay ourselves a tiny bit and then hire in an animator and a sound designer. Basically, type. Uh, no, built the whole game. Yeah. <laughs> but, but obviously, spent a lot of sort of like you know on paid hours. You know, over, sort of spent it over the next year mm. ourselves making that, and then we published that. That was whenever the uh, that was when the iPhone was really um, the apps people were making their millions off the off the iPhone store. Mm. Um, when we when we when we pitched the when we pitched the funds, uh, everyone was making millions. By the time we got the game out, there was like a thousand apps a day being published. <laughs> you know, on on the on the iPhone store, so it didn't make a lot of money. But it worked as a really good portfolio piece, so we ended up um, we ended up uh, sort of pitching for some work for the BBC and um, did some other sort of some other uh, custom installations around sort of Northern Ireland. They they commissioned us to do like a, a little spaceship game for that, and uh, we ended up getting commissioned by uh, <laughs> uh, Landscape to do a Magic Mike game, and the, 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 it was meant to be a different movie uh, that we were meant to do, and then uh, it didn't pass the licensors because. Some, like they, they had their own app and didn't want a competitor um, so they says you know they had the funds and it says look we actually really want an app or a game for this movie can you do, can you do that instead and we said yeah sounds good you know we'll sign well yeah we'll, we'll switch over the name of the game on the contract before we'd actually seen what the game what the movie was and of course it was a male stripper <laughs> magic mike so we're like oh we've got to make a game out of this now so um i think like, the sent is a dvd but i just been watching the trailers anyway and it's like i can i can i can think of a game you know i, I can see some rhythm you know going on here um so yeah, we basically built a really, a really small, a very quick rhythm game. It might still be out there somewhere. It's Magic Mike the Moves. Uh, you might see some a trailer or something somewhere. Uh, it might still be live on an app store. I don't, I don't think so. Those the, the um, as as the updates came along. But yeah, so we did that, and then um, but but then you know we're building these smaller games. But our you know I was playing, I was playing the console games. I was playing bigger games, and sort of like I thought to myself, you know, I'd really love to just you know one day save up save up enough money in our company and you know build our own. So um. Did some, did some work for hire stuff, just doing like um, educational games mm. and stuff um, for a couple of clients, and then saved up enough money, uh, brought that to an online screen and says, if I have enough money for sales, but I want to hire on an animator and more staff for the next sort of 18 months and build a, a sort of PC game because, you know, that's where we wanted to tell bigger stories and, you know, bigger characters. Uh, yeah, and then so that's um, that, that was the sort of, that's where the company grew a good bit and the um, Built Whale Heights for for uh, for PC and then moved it over to console a year later.
let's talk of your favourite game, Dota Free. Well done. Before we get going any further, we must apologise for the sound in here because, like, we've tried making it as best as we we've tried making it as not as echoey as, as possible. But we're also on a very busy road of Belfast, aren't we? Where cars are coming past, <laughs> and we've basically this won't make sense to anyone uh, outside of Dordogne. We basically have the SDLP downstairs, so. Um, <laughs> We apologize for we apologize for basically talking games while basically Stormont tries to do its business, <laughs> whatever little business it does it end up doing. Um, anyway, so you mentioned that sort of comeback towards the, con- the co- sort of console high end gaming type thing towards the end of or not the end of twenty. Oh, well, I guess it was the end of twenty eleven. Um, did you play around the time? Um, the Witcher 1 or The Witcher 2? Uh, no, no, skip them all together. Oh wow. Uh, and I still haven't gone back. Uh, I have them on Steam. You know, I've got, I bought them for like 99p on Steam, but never went back. I've got to, I've had some friends who ended up being like, you know, big fans, and I went back and just said, play them, but they're pretty clunky. And I just didn't want to invest, you know, 80 hours into playing something that was going to be that I mean, clunky. The Witcher 1 is pretty clunky. I mean, Witcher 2 though is not... It's not aged as bad, anyway. Like, like for a ten-year-old game, that still relatively holds up, anyway. Well, how many hours do you need to play Witcher One for? Mm. <laughs> I think that when I say clunky, I don't mean I mean more in the gameplay side, anyway. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. but like story-wise, ooh, like, ooh, I would say you're looking at at least ten hours in order to get invested. Yeah, I'm probably not going to play 10 hours of a clunky game, just to... <laughs> I've got so little time as it is to, do, to play any game, that um, if I get an hour a week, that's good, so um, it would take me 10 weeks to play a clunky game, but I can't play anything else. Well, well, you get an hour a night for something, so you could probably get it done within two weeks. An hour, an, an hour a week. Oh, an hour a week. Oh, well, fuck no. S- well, sometimes an hour, yeah, sometimes I get a bit more. Oh, fuck no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, fair enough. <laughs> Jesus. No, fair enough. I mean... Witcher two, you, Witcher two, you can actually buy, um, you can play on Xbox because it came out in Xbox three sixty and should be backwards compatible oh, yeah. on Xbox one. So yeah. and as a result, Xbox Series X and all that there. So like, should be should, that should be a lot more du- doable anyway. Mm. And I think and I think Witcher two has a catch up thing anyway with the Witcher one anyway. So like, it, you wouldn't be too caught out anyway if you decided to go back and play. Let's see. So let's see. You know, like start start Pastor and Stephen now they, they play Witcher Two once we're done here basically. <laughs> not not immediately after we're done. It's like we're here in his office, so we're like don't do that. Um so talking solely then of the Witcher Free, um why what 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 sort of attracted you to play the game in a way in the first place? Uh so I think I had to make I was looking at I tend to play one big game uh, a year. So that's like, you know, one big open world game a year. Mm. And was it, it must have been, um, I think I just, I must have got the PS4. And then I was like, okay, let's, um, you know, let, let's pick one of these. And I think it was, I usually it's, it's for my, my uh, Christmas wish list. You know, I sort of look at what's coming out that year and sort of pick one of the big ones. I think the option was, was it, oh, it was a Fallout 4 or, or The Witcher. Yeah, they three. both came out and that's that what year. I, that's what I was going to choose between. Um, and I just reading reviews and stuff and uh, I, I didn't know anything about the Witcher franchise I just, uh, I just heard people like reading about it in online articles and just you know, saying how good it was and 
and then so it, it must have been yeah it must have been already out you know like a month you know people were all since they came out in October and I was picking this game I was picking my watch list ah, it would have been in a November. few months at that point yeah. so and then so yeah so it was Witcher 3 uh, for, for PS4 and then maybe PS4 Pro yeah probably and then uh, so yeah so I'm not was gorgeous it, it looked good um, they were saying like there's a lot of depth, depth to the gameplay if you want to go in that deep you can and um, yeah, that was really it. And so actually, in the end, I got the gift of both, both those games for Christmas, <laughs> and I still haven't played Fallout Four. Oh, <laughs> so uh, I think I loaded the book screen. I just wanted things where I, I knew I was only going to play one big game, and if I'm going to put forty hours into it, it's the same as you know, like I'm saying, I didn't have even then. I didn't have you know that many, that many time for for big games. Aye. So um, uh, just that was it. Just online reviews. Just people people had said it was it was that good, and it was one of the big games this year. You know, let's let's, 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 let's give it a go. So. Yeah, like talk so talk to me about that sort of concept of having to choose between that sort of big game that you would play once a year, like like that big open world game. Like, what's the spot pass? Like you mentioned reviews and all that. There, like, is there any more sort of that uh, helps add way, helps uh, help way up your choices basically in terms because like time is a lot more of a precious commodity now, especially COVID and all yeah. that. There, so like. Yeah, like talk to me a little bit about that and sort of how you sort of weigh up your choices anyway. I think that the, the other extra thing was that I'd, just, I'd, you know, I'd looked at what was coming out or what was out this year and what mm. was going to look good. And I think if I did have the PS Pro, PS Pro, <laughs> the PS Pro, I would have wanted something that had, you know, like high end, well, high end for, for PlayStation, you know, graphics. So yeah. uh, maybe something was able to uh, either render 4K. I mean, maybe it wasn't the PS Pro, but I'd have something that was going to look good on, on, the, on my nice TV, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, but I think I found these two games, Fallout and Witcher, and I think I was talking about it in the studio. I was just like, oh, you know, and then I think, I think it might have been John, it says, oh, Witcher 4 is going to be the, you know, definitely mm-hmm. the, like, that, that, that's a brilliant you know, mm-hmm. game, and uh, he played it, and, you know, just in terms of, like, um, instant gameplay, you know, he says, like, you know, Fallout 4, you know, they're both two different worlds, and they're, they're nicely well built, and, and the world building is good, mm-hmm. but if you want instant Instant gratification from the actual like combat and gameplay, which is the better, you know, mm. the, the better game in that way. So I think that might have sort of swung it for me, you know. Like so, it is like you know, obviously reading the articles, but it is if, if they're both getting, and I, I'm not sure if Fallout Four even been reviewed then, um, because I know it didn't like the reviews weren't like weren't really brilliant, but the the, the hype was coming out. I mean, like Fallout Four did review pretty did well, yeah. like it did. Like um, it was Fallout Second Six. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I had the, yeah. <laughs> so. That was the one that didn't review well, but Fallout uh, 4 definitely reviewed well anyway. I remember that very well, like reviewed very well. Um, was another aspect, like in terms of the theming of both games, I mean, like in terms of both Lutcher being very fantasy esque, Fallout being sort of futurist, sort of 50s like America, like nuclear war and all that there, like. Um, was there a preference over one or the other as well? See, I don't think there was because I knew they were both like, you know, fantasy in their, in their, in their own way. Mm. Um, but like, I, I didn't, I mean, I've never really been a person to say, but I was never really into fantasy games, you know, like I didn't play Final Fantasy, I didn't play any of those sort of sword and sorcery or, you know, Dungeons and Dragons, it never really appealed to me. Mm. So I almost, maybe I would say I almost got the Witcher despite it's says uh, <laughs> it's, oh. it's, it's fantasy. Um, but then, you know, with the whole like, uh, wasteland type approach to you know fallout uh, well that, that's i still haven't had it so i assume it's got a, a lot of wasteland in it mm-hmm. um yeah sort of like you know i knew it was i knew, I knew it wasn't gonna be very realistic and down the earth so um 
No, actually didn't. So I think it, it was just down to like people saying how good this is, irrespective of, of the um of the, the sort of. But I'm not even saying that's there's different reasons why that's my favorite game. You know that that's only the reason why why I bought it in the first place just to see what was going to be good that year. Yeah. Mm. Um, just out of curiosity, just with that in mind, did you play um Fallout Three or Fallout New Vegas beforehand? No. Oh no, I think I think I missed that. I'd, uh, yeah. Yeah, I would have missed those. I think. I think yeah, yeah. I think people were talking about Fallout or uh, New Vegas before I bought the console, but maybe just before I bought the console, and I didn't really go back. You know, but um, I'd heard I'd heard it was really good, but mm. I never really actually just made my way back to it. Okay. No, no. The reason I say that uh, as well is because I totally get where you come from in terms of the sort of fantasy esque aspect of games like The Witcher. Like they do not stand out to me. They do not sort of appealed me mm. and yet uh, I would have played Skyrim for like half a dozen hours or so uh, enjoying that in spite of that fantasy aspect yeah. Yeah. so like right. I, I, I I would have played Fallout in some regards would be a lot more up my street than uh, the old schools anyway. and Starfield is a lot more up my field up my street anyway in terms of what it's trying to do with sci-fi and space and stuff like that there than Fallout and the old school. So, so basically what I'm trying to say is I totally get where you're coming from in terms of sort of um, how you sort of got the, these games got into these games in spite of their feeling anyway. Yeah. I think as well I think I probably I think I was aware that there was Witcher comics mm. that had been adapted from the books back then and you don't tend to get a lot of uh, adaptations of, of generic material. Mm. Sort of like if, if someone's going to buy a license for, for, a, you know, for, a, for a book, usually it has a bit of depth to it or some interesting characters. It isn't just, you know, random orcs and stuff and mm. random, you know, like nothing, yeah, like I say, nothing too generic. So I think I, I did have a, a sort of feeling that there was, was a bit more to the game than, mm. uh, than just bland fantasy. Mm. Um, so... You said you got a lot of gratification anyway out of you know the, the gameplay anyway, like especially I would imagine a lot of that came from the combat anyway. Well, I was promised got gratification. I don't know if I got it. <laughs> no, no, I did. I did. No, I did. I am. Um, I, I also I, I'm one of them people like when it says do you want to play easy hard blah, 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 I've got to research which one is the best way to play the game. Mm. Do you know? <laughs> so like especially like because I, I hadn't really played many. I hadn't really played any open world stuff really at that point. Well, apart from. Red Dead Redemption, but I didn't know how to play it. Mm. I, I thought it was um, I thought the whole game was about shooting rats because I didn't know where to go next, <laughs> and I, I didn't realize there was a big gold, a big gold marker on the on the map on the map. Mm. So um, yeah, <laughs> so yeah, so um, I was researching what was the best way to play it, and it said if you play it on on hard, whatever the hardest, then you're going to get more depth out of the potions and such and such, and then I kept on getting murdered by the um, by the uh, the chimera type thing, the uh, the big uh, what do you call it? What was that? Is that a horse falcon? Something it's a oh a griffin it is a griffin yeah yeah, yeah. That's it. so um, yeah and then so I kept getting murdered and I think I think I dropped down one to just hard not super hard um and then I got a lot more gratification out of the so it was still hard enough where you had to keep on using you know sort of I I'm a very much a sidestepper you know when I'm <laughs> whenever the people are coming in sort of sidestep and get them on the um you know it's essentially a roll but you mm. know in which it's a bit more uh, the animations aren't that you know extreme so yeah sort of sidestep get the get the um get the sword in you know, take a potion over your head so yeah, i did i think a lot of the episode of that sort of planning on and, and being one of the harder games that i played then at that point and i, I found it really really fun to play talk to, specifically on the sort of combat then because like 
this is the no, it's not the main thing, but it's one of the main things anyway that sort of turned me away from The Witcher Three because like I want to like The Witcher Three. Anytime I've played The Witcher Three, it's one of the few things that I that I that sort of turned me away from the game, and that's the combat. It just feels I don't I don't quite know how to find the words for it, but I don't like it. I don't I don't I can't quite gel with it no matter how hard. Yeah, I I think it feels 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 quite thick. Yeah, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I know that might be like uh, the sort of the animations are can be quite realistic. Mm. Um, which means it can be steady slower paced, but you're expected to you know still have the enemies that are right in front of you. Mm. And uh, if if you're a button masher. I think it's it's re- it really doesn't work at all because if you're hitting those buttons and you're expecting instant hits, um, or you're expecting to you know not get hit by an enemy, mm. then it, I think that's how I first tried to play it. It just didn't work for me. It was like, oh, why isn't this working? And then when you sort of, but if you get into that flow, there is more depth than, than you sort of think, and you can play a really nice flowing game. That um, it's like if you put you know the um the Bat- the Batman Arkham series. Yeah. So if if you put that on like, uh, not point eight speed. That would actually be more what we sort of described with the gameplay, where you can actually move your way in between enemies and juggle and slice and keep the the, the action flowing. But it's a, it's at a much slower pace. Mm. Well, it's at a good bit slower pace than sort of like the more the more arcadey games. So um, yeah, I think it, it is for me. It is you know like sidestep and move, turn around, get your get your shot or get your like your your sword position, three slashes, dodge the next enemy, move in, do a bit of con- a, a bit of cr- a bit of crowd control. Use it, use it, use a move. Uh, and I like the sort of like I, I've always loved that um, when you hit your sort of um, what do they call them uh, as mutations or as far as powers mm-hmm. where the whole thing slows down a good bit. So you get so then you get a chance to think about you know your move, what's happening. Yeah, and then you start, and then you sort of have your then you move into your well, once you once you once you're in it a while you start to get your tactics where you're like okay I'm always gonna keep a coin up I'm always I'm always gonna keep a or I'm gonna always keep one shield at all times move around and then so it's, it can like it, it takes a while because like I say it is a bit. You know, it's not. I don't think it is clunky. I think it is just a bit thick and a bit a bit slow paced. But once you get into it, you really can move, move your way around and work out. It is like like you're playing in the mud at all times. Yeah. But, but, but if you think of it as like I'm a I'm a watcher. I'm I'm in the swamp. I, I need to know where to move, where to dodge, when to hit, when to use a when to use a spell, then it actually works really well for me. And I, I don't even necessarily think it's just clunky. It's just the the sort of way to describe it really is. I think like you say. I'm not necessarily a button master, but I do like to play it at a bit more of a faster pace yeah, yeah. Than, than it probably advertises. And I think that's one element as to why um, I just can't quite gel The Witcher 3. And, and, and when I say I can't quite gel The Witcher 3 and all that, that this isn't to say The Witcher 3 isn't a bad game. It is. It's a really good game from what I've played of it. It's just those two fundamental things, and we'll touch upon the other fundamental thing in a bit, is just like again like that's just sort of one of the few things that sort of turn me away from the Witcher free and anyway. it's just sort of the combat anyway. yeah. it's, yeah. it's, it's just sort of it's, it's not that I don't want to be turned away by the Witcher free it, like from what I played of it like I said it's a really good game but again at the same time it just does not suit the sort of play style that I have basically yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure there's like a, a PC mod where you can uh, where mm. it turns it into super fast hack and slash. If you could uh, find that somewhere else, then it might be it's, helpful. It's not even ha- <laughs> hack and slash type thing that I'd be sort of looking for. It's just, it feels like in a way, it's an action RPG that's advertised as such, but when in reality it's sort of played like a turn-based RPG. Uh, I wouldn't say that at all. 
no, 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 not necessarily just that. The, the pace of it, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and then I suppose I do like that element where you said you freeze time and that almost does make it a bit turn based. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, freeze, okay, I, I can set fire to all these, you know, four people at once. And, and you do get a bit of time to have that ah. thought. And sometimes you, you do need to have the like, freeze the game. Those, those elements I, I would be happy with in terms of, of that there, but when it's actually in the sort of combat itself, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's sort of what yeah. I just sort of like. Yeah, when I want to take a sword to something or whatever, that's just sort of what sort of takes me out of it for the most part. Anyway, like when you're using powers like slowing down time, just sort of they sort of um, take pace of everything and just sort of yeah, yeah. like see what you need to do, what you have to do. That I understand, that I get, but like when you're doing like the actual combat aspect of it, it's just like, yeah, no, I, I can't gel with it basically. Makes sense. Um, I think though the one thing um the Witcher Free gets a lot of applause for is just how it's just some of the world design in the game basically. Yeah. Um like it's just like it's varied as well, like very varied. Like mm-hmm. talk to me a little bit about how you find that anyway. Yeah, I think that was that is lovely, wasn't it? Like you go from these expansive green green fields and, and huts and you go somewhere like, you know, Novograd and you have these amazing architecture and buildings and just uh it, it feels like it feels like a proper different place it does and even even the <laughs> you go to Skellige and you hear these like these northern ireland accents and stuff that are that are all <laughs> uh, are, 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 did you get that far in the game but there's a lot of like there's a lot of like northern irish accents out there but but they're all done by polish people mm-hmm. as i've been told by the sort of few that the team were saying though they're all local actors who are just doing northern ireland accents mm. it's like oh that's that's pretty cool uh, and they did it really well but um yeah and then of course i like how even even the quests will change to adapt that you know so if it's if you're you know if you're out doing um, a lot of shop based stuff in Novograd, if you go to if you go to um Skellige, you're talking about you know going into boats and diving and uh fighting chests and all that, a lot of like monsters in the swamps mm. so yeah so you just um and even what but there's like a these really silly, you know, uh, drama, play-based, you know, quests when you go into Novograd. It's just, uh, it's just it's, each little area has its own theme and it just works in all different ways, mm-hmm. you know, really, really well. Yeah. Um, you, ha, ha, so talk to me about that sort of adaptation of how quest designs would sort of change around the world itself, because I don't think I got that far out of the, that sort of initial bit of the game. And I played a good bit of that of the start of the game, I think I put on about 15, 20 hours, which mm. is like a good length of time yeah. anyway, like yeah. even for games. But I, I, I don't think I even made that far. Yeah. Like, so yeah, talk to me about that. Again, I think that's what, that's what, that's what I was saying. That, um, I mean, it's still, it's still a main story. He's going, you know, straight through the same sort of way. Mm. But, but obviously a lot of the, um, and I think it's, you know, there's a lot of question marks in that game, you know, on the map. And it, it does, it does actually get a bit, um, I'm not really, and I'm, I'm not, I don't think I did that many of the question marks. I'm not really a ticker offer. Some people are. But um, my wife had to make sure every single question mark was gone in that game. So she played a lot more, actually, than me in the end. Oh. But, um, but yeah, it's just like, the, <laughs> Skellige has a lot of question marks in the water. <laughs> and it's just, <laughs> but and a lot of it is, you know, it's like diving down, fighting chests, uh, fighting monsters along the, along the sort of swampy beach. Hmm. Um, Obviously, a lot of this, there's not much in the way of buildings, so you're, you're not meeting a lot of you know as many like as many people in terms of like you know they're all they're all badly dressed, they're all you know and they're different they're different type of people, so they're it's usually go out and find someone or kill someone or you know that sort of quest, 
Why live equal to Nurgogan? A lot of it is like, can you find the, the key to my <laughs> to my chest? I, I I've forgotten my robes, <laughs> you know. So that, that does um, it's, it's I mean, a, a lot of it, a lot of it is you know, fetching combat quests in mm. a way, but just the, just the way it's themed, it's you know, it's a lot um, a lot more silly and flippant, and you're you're dealing with a lot sort of a, a different class of people when mm. when you're in, when you're in Nurgogan. So it's more that it's more the reskinning of the uh, the way that the quests are presented. Mm. That it ends up being quite funny. Um, you know, and there's, like this, there's horse racing and like you know betting and all this. Uh, you know, it can be a, a lot more Gwent and stuff when you're when you're in Novograd. Just um, yeah, you you're just becoming like a little character in that village or in that town, and it does help. It does help make the quest a lot varied. You sort of know what you what you're going to expect in, mm-hmm. in those places. Um, did you ever play um, Gwent standalone? Uh, I played it once. Oh. Yeah, yeah, once. Uh, sorry, I basically Gwent. I was like, I really enjoyed. Uh, Gwent to an extent in the game. I, I loved um, <laughs> part of the part, part of the reason I love the game isn't the game itself. It's the it's the friends that are playing it and, and making fun of the, <laughs> the sort of the switching tone between you know this sort of this sort of self serious game that's you know it's about rescuing you know, you know is a adopted daughter or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's you know there's a lot of um, you know murder murder and you know politics. And then halfway through, you, you go to the you know you go to the sort of main character. And he goes, "Have you found my daughter?" And you're like, "Fancy a game of Gwent." like, "How about a, how, how about a game of Gwent first? And they're like, "Okay." <laughs> so like, it's just that every time you think the game is going to take itself too seriously, there's always an option for Gwent. That's a, that's, a, that's a nice way to control the tone. It's 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 such a nice breaker in a way from all the seriousness. And just like like you say, "Where's my daughter?" Don't know. Because <laughs> I'll, I'll make sure I, I'm gonna I'm gonna rob you of your best Gwent uh, card just uh, just just while you're waiting for your daughter who thinks dead. Um, yeah, God, it's just uh, and that's actually what I, I really like about it. it's it's that tone. It's not that it's that balance of, of tone is what is one of my favorite things. So if you're not um if you're not being sent to murder you know a, a potential king, then you're being sent to find a framham. For uh, for an old lady who lives <laughs> in a house along the along the beach, and you're just like this is just you just don't know, and I think I can just never tell what what um what that tone's meant to be, Do you know, because everything's delivered such such and it's such a dry um sort of like almost dry tone, but a little bit of variation where you go on is is he, is he taking the piss out of this game like or is he or is this all being played straight? I, I can't I can't I don't know what's going on, and that <laughs> always trying to keep yourself setting second guessing is why the game works in a, in a lot of ways. Um, <coughs> the reason why, the other reason why I can't gel with Dota 3, and this sort of ties into the quest design and uh, stuff like that there, is, again, the world and the quest sort of gelling together as one. There's something about CD Projekt's games, and this applies to Cyberpunk as well, and I'll touch upon Cyberpunk in a, in a bit more detail later on, but like, the thing that really makes me sort of standoffish from The Witcher is how overwhelming it can get. Because, like, there's a lot of things to do within the world of, of The Witcher 3 anyway. And, like, like, you, you, like, even down to the minute sort of quests and side quests and main missions and stuff like that. There, there's just so much to do. And, like, you think that's a good problem to have. But when you sort of overwhelm the player a little bit, that can also sort of be a double-edged sword in a bit, in a way. Yeah, but I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a compulsive 
like I say, I'm not, I'm not a compulsive, mm. uh, you know, uh, question mark ticker offer. Like I, I see those as well. I think I think after the first hour, you sort of like almost don't see them on the map anymore. You know, like I say, I know a lot of people will want to be taking them off, and they see the game completion as taking off all the question marks. Mm. But I'm just um, I sort of see them as, uh, you know, if I'm going from one place to the other, usually I have sort of you know do a lot of the main quests and a couple of you know big side quests, and if I'm, you know if I'm, if I'm going along a certain path. I'll steer that, you know, from one town to the other. I'll steer the path towards the question mark so that I have something to do on the way. Mm. So I, I use them more as like path guidelines rather than something that I feel like I need to, you know, go and complete. Um, so yeah, so I, I think it's actually really well because you could easily, you know, you could easily ride from one part to the other. I, di- I didn't, I know that, um, you know, people say there's a progression in playing um, Zelda uh, Breath of the Wild, mm. but I found that game, I didn't like that game didn't gel with me at all I just found it actually it was exactly the problem of not having any question marks or anything is like you could easily walk from one place across a huge field and you know nothing would really happen I, I think I was at one point pushing the stick forward to get from one place to the other mm. and I was on the phone waiting and I just glancing up saying as he's still walking yep what's this oh you can't run because your stamina wheels coming out okay I'll, I'll just keep pressing forward checking out whatever arms on Twitter mm. and waiting until the you know well, at least with um but you're you know the question marks are an ugly way to do it and it's not you know it's not perfect but at least you know what path to follow and if and if you're going to expect something to happen on the way and you know just take a little duty detour here and they'll definitely see something mm. um but yeah i understand that it is very dense but i don't mind that at all i mean i think you know some people say and like i said some people say the game is finishing the question marks and people would and you know and other people say no those question marks mean that there's so many different ways you can play the game. It's, it's not do it all. It's you know you, you can play that game and just you know t- take a, take a travel up the left hand side and you'll get a couple of different missions. Take a travel up the left hand side, the right hand side of the map, and you get so many other question marks. And you can keep track of what you've done before, so you're not going up and down the left and saying this game's boring. There's nothing left. Hmm. Like no, I've sort of like you know I'll, I'll go somewhere else on the way and find something, or or you know or I'll try and avoid the question marks if I want to go straight there and not be killed. Hmm. So um. I think, yeah, like I said, when I was then Red Dead, I didn't have a clue what any of this map stuff was about. I wasn't, um, I didn't know if it was a lack of tutorial in that game, or, um, or I just uh, didn't follow it, or, you know, it was or maybe too many gaps in gameplay, um, but um, I, didn't, I didn't know how to follow the map, and actually, I, I thought, I, I, I played Red Dead the same way people play Breath of the Wild, hmm. where I'm just walking out in different directions and seeing what I found, and that's whenever, you know, that's when, that's when you sort of realise that those question marks and markers are actually like a necessary evil where like sometimes you need people you need to guide the player mm. towards a certain way because I was I, I literally thought I played the you know I accidentally came across the first story well that was actually obviously the, the game brought me there but when it goes you know go back to this someone I'm sure said a line about go back to this you know farm and I was like am I going to find this farm let's keep on walking around until I find it so I then maybe played another hour where I thought the side quest of skin and rabbits was the main game. And I was like, people say this game's brilliant, and I'm here out here clacking rabbits. It's like, for an hour, it's just what the game is. People love these things. And then eventually, accidentally came across the next mission. Mm. And then, it wasn't until way later on, I think. Uh, apparently, I, I thought I was almost finished the game, because I put in like so many hours. And people were like, that's like mission three, you just found. <laughs> so I was like, I was like I'm, I'm giving up. I'm not playing this game anymore. And then, so, yeah, eventually I found this big gold marker that meant that was where I was meant to go for the next story mission. <laughs> Um, so I, I think these things that there is positive to these even though they're a bit ugly um, and maybe overwhelming yeah maybe you don't put down question marks there straight away and maybe the, there is a um, there's like a, a nice sort of balance you can do I think um, uh, what was it that it, uh, uh, what do you call that one you play as Aloy 
um, Horizon Horizon Zero Dawn I think that did it quite well where you, you wait until you get to a certain point you mm. know I think the same a lot of the um, soft games are doing the same thing where you wait until you get a certain point you basically climb the tower mm. and then you can un- unveil more as you go along yeah that's uh, I like that because it's not uh, so maybe some of the maybe some of the UI is a bit um, a bit old fashioned now in, in Witcher but for me then it was great just to be able to actually <laughs> show, me, show me where stuff was Nah, no, um, I think that the example you said about Horizon and I was absolutely perfect. Um, and actually, in a, like, uh, by all extent and measure, Horizon should have put me off because like a lot of that game can be overwhelming as well, like to me anyway. But like I think what Horizon did was, like you say, the way you sort of go about the world and just sort of open up. The world more and more and more as you sort of progress around the world anyway um like i think that sort of helped add a little bit of what's what's the word i'm looking for just direction and filter direction yeah. uh, direction and focus basically because like once you're sort of done with one part you can just sort of go about to one or two others and just say and open them up a wee bit more mm-hmm. like whereas with the witcher at least from what I played of it, it felt like immediately overwhelming off the jump anyway. Mm-hmm. Whereas whereas with Horizon, you could just sort of go from one zone to the other yeah. and just sort of, like I say, open up one or two and then you'll have sort of your main quest, your side quest and stuff like that there. Yeah. I think that's sort of what helped me actually get over the hump on that one. Because yeah. didn't Horizon also use the, as well as the lack of question marks, that they had the fog, didn't they? Sort of, they covered the map as well. Yeah, at certain yeah. So there was a rail, like you couldn't see anything mm. and ahead of your sort of your own region. Because mm. yeah. I think I actually thought, yeah, that this map is quite small on Horizon, but it does open up, mm. you know, as you go along. Mm. Mm. Um, so, story then. What did you think of the story? Story's okay. Do you know, it's not, uh, it's, you know, <laughs> it's not it's not the story it's Geralt that's mm. the interesting part he's just <laughs> I think he's just a really he's just wonderful great, dry yeah great dry character that you know he's like all those sort of gruff older characters that are like you know the pretender gruff and they're always, you know, they've always got some heart to them there's always one you know one daughter type character that always gets to their heart whatever but uh, yeah well, I mean the stories you know it is a bit you know oh there's these two people and there's witchers and you know they go and He's trying to save his, you know, adopted daughter, and they're like, yeah, it's, it's okay. Um, the main like, the, the main story is okay. It is <laughs> to me the, the best part is when it doesn't take itself so seriously, or it, you know, it, it mashes together all these weird, you know, because uh, I mean again because it's the first time you know playing a big open world game as well in, in that sort of like fantasy setting. There is probably a lot of his tropes that I, you know I hadn't I hadn't seen before, but mm-hmm. I just love how they match it all together from the serious to the, the silly to the the, the, the plays and, and the fran pans and the and then, but all mixed in with a serious story so that and they always do play it straight. There's no one laughing at themselves, but you don't know if Geralt you can never tell a Geralt's voice mm-hmm. if he's if he's saying this is really stupid or he's saying this is a serious thing I have to do and you just you just that that voice is just perfect for not quite. Telling you exactly what, what, what I, 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 you can't tell that it's crossed the line and they're ridiculous, and it never does. Mm-hmm. You know, he always, he always keeps it like he's, um, you know, he's, he's, he's playing a serious role, but like, is he, wing, is he winking to the audience? Is he not? Uh. <laughs> um, the, the one thing that is probably worth mentioning in regards to the story aspect, then, is, uh, is actually a, a quest that happens. It it's you can get it near enough to start the game anyway, or or a few hours in it, or like you 
definitely a good few hours. I don't know. The Bloody Baron Quest. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. What, what do you think about that? I don't know. It's, it's, it's one of the game's more uh, infamous quests, anyway. Okay, yeah, yeah. I remember just thinking, well, they've really, they've really went there, haven't they? They've really mm. gone there into these um, sort of like gory, personal, you know, and, uh, you know, a lot of, uh, yeah, well, I don't know how to, yeah, it was just, it felt like they'd really gone very far into what you had to do. But I was distracted by the fact that I couldn't kill them three witches. <laughs> and they, they kept killing me. And I don't know, I don't know if it wasn't a high enough level. I, I, I couldn't get up that path. Well, there was three witches, and, I think, I and by, by the end of that quest, I was so annoyed that I wasn't even really paying attention to the story. But um, yeah, I know, I know some people said to highlight. Some people say it's, it's not a, it's not a, you know, it, it, it went the wrong direction with with the high sort of high sort of you know sadistic and serious. It, it took the it took the themes, but um, yeah, at the time I didn't really notice that much. Mm. I was just like, yeah, they've, 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 to me it seemed like they'd taken some old gory poly story and put it in verbatim, mm-hmm. you know, into into the Witcher, which you know they do that, that a lot with um, is it, it Bobby Yaga? I'm not sure if she is or but uh, but they definitely have these sort of similar type characters that you know taken from like from police folklore and put in there. So um, I didn't um, yeah, people talk about it in, in retrospect is really standing out, but I guess at the time it was just another mission. Mm. You know? Well, I think that's, as I was just going to say, it just feels like it just stands out as a mission. You know, it's yeah. just another quest. Yeah, it wasn't that. I mean, it, it was, you know, it was, it is weird because you get, oh, yeah, you could cut that part from the game and it would still be a whole game. You know, it didn't, it, um, I know people are talking about it as a side quest, but maybe technically it is, but um, you do have to come across it. But yeah, it didn't, um, at the time, then it was definitely a bit, ooh, but um, yeah, the sort of gameplay took over and I sort of like got through it. Um, so, yeah, like, talk, like, so talk to me about some, some of the characters, because, like, obviously, there is Geralt, and you sort of mentioned how he's sort of this sort of typical by-the-numbers trophy sort of gruff man, gruff-voiced man. Yeah. Um, and then there's obviously Siri as well, um, and her story, and then you also get, like, Yennefer and, and Triss uh, <laughs> at numerous yeah. points in the game, you get that love triangle, basically. Um, what, what were your sort of thoughts there? So yeah, so obviously having not read any of the background on on these on the on the characters mm. and, be, and being presented, so you know, so obviously the first time you have um, Yennefer, she's sort of presented as your as your girlfriend. I think you know, it's sort of yeah. like this, this is you know, or you know, we sort of like the, the one you're meant to love, and you know, and there is a good bit of like banter. You can tell her, you can tell they're very similar together. Mm. Um, and then so yeah, so you think okay, that you know, that's a nice relationship. And then you meet Triss, and for me that was the first time meeting Triss. And I'm like, oh, she's quite nice and flirty, and you know, having fun, and you know, she's got a nice. It's actually a lot more freer and funner. Mm. And I was tempted. I was tempted by Triss. <laughs> I was uh, when I when I, I I was running about. I think I was running about the maze. I thought I don't think there was many options not to do that. Running about the maze, or whatever, and um, and she's like, do you want to? You know, I think she was coming in for a kiss, and I was just like, sorry, I'm I'm with Jennifer. I can't. Uh, I, just, I just. But I was I was you know I was like this is a nice person. Maybe if. Our lives had abound a different way. Do you know it could have could have ended up together, but um, but you know I'm I'm quite happy where I am. You know I don't want to give up. Such an honourable man, even I virtually. I know. I also like I didn't. I know like there's a lot of people because I, I I tend to play these things like uh you know mostly honourably. Uh and then you know there's some friends who are playing and they're like it's and the people who are playing are women and they're round shagging everybody. Like one of all these was like yeah I went to four hours the other day had a wee shag. Like, what? It's like what? It's like I thought you were getting, I thought you was Jennifer. She's like. It's a new game. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, no, 
No, it's not only again. You're you're too deep in these characters to be. You know what you're doing. You know what you're doing to get her. She's all fighting demons. And like, but like, you know, she's doing the same thing. I was like, I'm gonna no, no, that's not true. <laughs> if I'm not doing it, she's not doing it. Can't be true. Considering there are so many people who run around basically trying to play with people in Mass Effect, and I say play lightly. Mm-hmm. Um, I am quite surprised. I, I'm a bit surprised anyway. Uh, and you, you not jumping at that chance? No, no, I uh, no, wouldn't uh, do that to Diana. Say Diana first is a would never call her prettier face. You know, no, <laughs> but, you know, uh, I think I think it would have been like my, my life would have been. Oh no, yeah, it's a, I really enjoyed that quest actually. Um, where, where you do you go off with Jennifer and um that the um mystical binding, you know, because uh, they get a lot of like. You get a lot of old tropes where like someone's been under a magic spell and then they realize, oh no, I do love you the whole time. And then you're like, but th- th- there's, they had to go and actually do a physical fight to try and destroy, you know, this, this, this sort of magical spell. And that was, that was a quite nice way of, you know, making sure that they did actually have something, you know, together. Um, I think at the end, I think he actually says, you know, let's, I think I might have said, is there an option to say like, you know, let's spend time together and give it a while? Do you know, I think it was like, how how might know if you love someone if you like might have a magical spell after you know how many years, but uh, but yeah of course I saw the the whole love triangle um I hadn't read anything and so the same friends that are playing it and these are like these are two women they're playing my wife and, and their friends and, and she's like Triss is a bitch <laughs> and I'm like Hi. I'm like whoa what and I'm like Triss is basically she basically just like she put she and then she she found Geralt and pretend and she didn't. And he was meant to be, I think he was meant to be with Jennifer and he had lost his memory. So we basically shacked up with Triss. I was like, well, we didn't remember who, like, no, she knew. She knew who Jennifer was. She didn't tell him. And so that changed us to the chain of opinion a bit with Triss looking back. If I had, a, if I had to play the first two and that was in it, I might have been like, Triss, you can just piss off if you're, if you're going to be like, you know, taking advantage of me whenever I'm not, uh, I don't have any memory of what I'm meant to be doing. So yeah, that, that, um, I'm, I'm glad that I didn't hear. I'm, I'm glad I didn't have that before I played the game. Otherwise, it would have been no jeopardy. It would have been no moral choice. It would have went. Would have stuck again for. But um, mm. yeah, there's 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 no uh, there's a strong dislike for Triss amongst our uh, amongst the <laughs> especially amongst the women in our sort of group, group of friends. They're just uh, yeah don't don't like her at all. There's a sort of anti-Triss sort of group like sort of like the new homers club in the sense it's just basically no trust club that's what it is yeah 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 <laughs> how could you even think about you know like well like you, you, you went to your whorehouse like 10 times in the last game it's like yeah but trust is like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right no trust no trust no trust no, 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 no speaking her name is banned in this household basically um the, the other thing that I think is worth appreciating about The Witcher 3, and you actually alluded to it in part there, is how, again, some of the, the world design sort of changes around you as you go around each world. But I think the other thing is just how beautifully stunning this game looks anyway. Like, it's a million, million, million miles away from what happened with Cyberpunk anyway. And again, we'll just on Cyberpunk in a second. But like, Cyber, um, The Witcher, it just... The Witcher 3 anyway, like, just, it felt like a massive next-gen game, especially because of how it looked anyway. Yeah, I think, it, yeah, like, like I was saying, that was, that was part of the appeal, you know, when I was looking at what are the two games coming out this year, mm. and what's, what's going to sort of like, you know, what, what's going to look awesome on my hardware and stuff. Um, and then when I did upgrade to the PS Pro, I definitely made sure to get that 4K textures, and I, I think I'm back to play one of the, I hadn't played a lot of the DLC at that point, I'm back mm. and played some of the DLC, and then... Um, 
uh, yeah, the dad was on HDR, and I, I got I got a nice new like OLED TV, and it was like uh, so I was actually sort of thinking, you know, I, I turned around. It was one of the DL the DLC where um was it Blood and Wine where, where you get your own you get your own wee house out in the wine country, um and you know I, I was just you know playing around and I turned around and the camera spun towards the sun and I had to look away because it was too bright and I'm like oh this is interesting I think like HDR is gonna almost change game design in a way and world design. But um, it was really, uh, it was really interesting to see. But um, yeah, just just how how gorgeous it does look now. Even even now, I went back to play. You know, I think last year I went back and it still looked, it still looked amazing. Mm. You know, on the, well, obviously I'd say I did download the the four K textures and the. But I mean, but that's only that only adds so much. It's, it's the, the the models and the you know and the the, the actual art design just looks so good by itself. You know, even uh, I know I know they completely redid the menus as well. You know, after after a certain while in the game. But I think that, that all looks really polished and great, and all their um, even all the, the bestiaries full of awesome art and all as well, and, and really awesome character designs. Again, I, I know a lot of it dips into Polish, um, or at least uh, sort of inspired by European um, folklore. But their their spin on it is just you know their, their take on it is so good and detailed, and it's, I think the, the, those witches are pretty. You know, the, the spectres are pretty spooky. You know, they do, they do a really good job of those. Mm. I think the other thing actually, I, um, I just sort of realised in terms of. The, the feel and the of the game as well um and tying in the story and your sort of past backgrounds there's some some common cutscenes as well like sort of drawn mm. out like how did you find those I think they were lovely I, I, I didn't catch on for ages that they were like changed once you based on your the game status mm. I think maybe at the start it was playing a few side quests so it took a while before that that changed but um I think that's one of the better examples of the comic scenes and the only ever really appear you know at the start of the game mm. uh, as uh, as part of your loading and. Uh, which, which, and it, yeah, it's got a really nice style to it as well. I think when you see it at the very end, it maybe feels a bit like they didn't have enough money for the cutscenes, you know, because the characters were being played out in this, or the story is played out rather than a, than a sort of than a world catch up. So um, I definitely liked it, liked it better when it was in the loading um, or the or the, the intros rather than the sort of like the the the, the resolution in a way. Mm-hmm. Um. You mentioned one of the expansions there, Blood and Wine. Um, but let's let's delve into sort of the the other expansions and like how did you find them anyway? You know, I, I didn't play them for years. Oh. Afterwards, it was um, my wife actually bought me the, the lovely physical versions. I'm gonna say physical. It's got a it's got a game code in the yeah. box. <laughs> it's a bit of paper with a game code, but it, it comes with, it comes with the actual Gwent deck. Mm. So you get you get all four Gwent decks if you buy both physical editions. So they um they're they're really really gorgeous um physical items to uh, and we've sort of we've played Gwent with a few friends uh, I'm not very good at in person and they, they obviously play it in the house together so um they have more training than me but um it took it took me the longest while to go back and you know it's like you're saying actually I did find the combat uh, tough to come back to mm. uh, after you know after being so sort of you know I felt like I was really by the end I was quite adept at it you know I was able to like I say you know time those side steps and the swings and step back and I, I could, if, need, if I needed to I could run circles around the enemies and you know dip in when I had to avoid their hits and you know and be quite tired of it uh, I think I beat, I beat the, the final boss in the first time because it was just uh, by the time I got there it was well balanced so I knew how to, how to uh, sidestep all those moves um, I found it really hard coming back into it again it was the, the, the basic combat was fine once you know after a sort of like that, that first big uh, doll and thing you fight was sort of okay but then um, as a witch you went to this fairy tale land and the witch um, she may have been actually maybe maybe, maybe that was the Baba Yaga I think it was um, she um, I just found her really really hard to, um, to fight and I just uh, I think it was throwing projectiles and turning into 
tiger or something but it was just like it was really hard and I had to actually I thought to myself uh, it was at a time where I actually had less time to play games and I was like I can't sit here and play the same body for an hour you know or, or two hours that would take me two weeks so I, I went down the easy actually or maybe maybe actually well, average whatever we call it normal I think I meant dropping the normal easy and I thought at this point I'm only going back to this a couple of years later to check it out on 4K <laughs> and to um, and to play the story and finish it off I think I played the first hour of one of them and then Something happened that I never went back to. So back in, I finished them off and they were, they were good fun. I think um, for me, it was very, very broken because I played like the first hour of one and then stopped playing it for some reason and then came back and played like another two hours a year later and then a year after that came and finished off the story. So mm-hmm. I, I was very, um, I didn't quite get the same experience as just being stuck in The Witcher. Um, you know, getting really in the middle, but uh, I mean, it was still fun to revisit the world and hear that, you hear the old like, you know, uh, looks like rain. <laughs> you know, all, the, all those little, uh, all those little class. You know, uh, Geralt uh, speech. Uh, you know, um, those sort of catchphrases. One-liners, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, just like back in the world, you hear those things and you know, playing and grinding and stuff. And it was, it was good fun. Uh, I'd be remiss, obviously, if I didn't ask if you'd seen the TV show or even read the books afterwards. Yeah. So, uh, well, my friends read the books. My wife has all the books in the house but I think she read the first two mm-hmm. but I have myself I haven't, I haven't read the books myself um, they're there on like you know so she has like six in the pile but so in theory they're, they're also at the bottom of my pile but there's there's a few books to go before that so I haven't, I haven't really got around them but I but did watch we watched the first season of the yeah, of the Witcher series thought it was really really enjoyed it mm. it was really really good Henry Cavill's really good as, um, as Geralt mm. yeah. I mean, a, a different sort of Geralt probably at the end there's no um, he still does have that wee face every now and again where he's like you know I might have a sense of humour despite being, you know, this dry, sort of dry, dry-ish character. Um, so there is a little bit of, the, obviously he doesn't stop and ask the queen, does she want a game of Gwen right before, you know, <laughs> right, right before she's about to be murdered or whatever. But, uh, but uh, yeah, I, I think there's enough implied humour almost, you know, there's definitely, there's maybe a little, a little wink that says like, you know, I am playing this gruff character, but there's something there to me that, um, that it, still, it still works really well. Yeah, I think it does. I think it'll be interesting see the next um there was a slow pace to it but i enjoyed it because excuse me because i knew i was going to watch them all i knew i had the time to watch it you know but to say watch it i think i watched them probably in was that weekly or was that a no it was all one i think we watched it over a couple of weeks maybe um you know the weekends or whatever but uh i knew i was going to watch it and sit and enjoy it it was a bit you know it was nothing um it wasn't it wasn't overly, you know, like waiting to see what happened next, and it wasn't overly. It was just an enjoyable. Six, was it like six episodes? So like, it was something that was short enough that you get, you know, you you weren't gonna be worried about. Is this gonna be interesting after twenty three episodes? You know, you get to sit and watch whatever. Um, so yeah, no, I, I really, I really enjoyed it. I'm actually going to double check how long the first season was. I think it was like six or nine, wasn't it? it wasn't too bad. Because like, cause I feel like it should have been more than six episodes at least. You're I think it might have been eight. Yeah, eight episodes. Yeah, so, so I knew going in, you know, it wasn't a massive commitment. Oh, a nice yeah. thing to watch. Um, yeah, so it actually isn't that, so there, why is Witcher Street series so bad? I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, that's yeah, really, yeah. yeah, You can probably get those, get those done over the course of a weekend, haven't we? <laughs> well, if you haven't got two kids on the back of my <laughs> um, <laughs> um, elephant in the room because this is the first CD project that 
episode we're sort of done with Michael Vicky. Um, Cyberpunk 2077, have you had a chance to play it yet? Fair enough. No, that's it. Fair enough. Next question. No, I um, I like the, the like the look of it. I like the look of it well enough, but I I, I don't really um. I think people buy into a lot of hype that if someone can make a good game, then they're going to automatically make a good game next. I never buy into that. Like you can make you can make a ten out of ten game, then your next one can be seven out of ten, because especially when you're changing over genre, you're changing over. You know, I'm sure a lot of the writers were different. It were based on a different based on a different IP mm. so like um, I've never you know, I've never been into those sort of like sci-fi you know paper, pen and paper RPGs anyway mm. I've never really been into you know pen and paper RPG at all so I guess I've seen people I, I just knew people this, this thing was being madly hyped and it was like this is one of those things where it's this, just this, this a spiral a, yeah, out of control this is like this is no man's sky this is all that stuff you know where massive hype and then I mean it, it can deliver at times I'm sure there's been games that's delivered before um, but you know those those things were being sold on a marketing campaign before there was any. I think uh, uh, there was a point where some journalists had played a, a demo and said it was good. So that that's when I was more interested. I was like, okay, people are saying actually the gameplay is good. It matches up with the you know the, the lovely art direction that the, you know that you can sort of see they have. But um, I don't really tend to. I, I don't pre. I don't pre. I don't pre art against at all because I know, you know that you can just go, you can easily put a flop or you can easily. I I, tend, I try to only play if I'm gonna say if I'm gonna play a big game. I've only played big games that have been really well reviewed and stuff like 9 or 10 out of 10 you know just because I know if I'm going to invest so many hours I can only play one a year mm-hmm. and I'm going to play the one that I know it's, it's a bit of a oh, I'm only going to play the ones that are popular but I'm, I'm only going to play the ones that have been really well reviewed you know by a lot of people because I don't want to be uh, sort of stuck with a stick that you know I've bought and I, have one, I, I can play 10 hours and now I can't you know and I have wasted my, my one game a year <laughs> yeah so um, you know I heard it I mean even despite all the bugs, you know, I heard of the bugs and stuff, so I, I didn't want to, you know, and I'm mostly playing on console anyway. No. So, like, I wasn't even, you know, that right about, you know, like, you know, maybe I'll give it a go on PS4 and then Pro, and then I, got, I have the Series X, and I heard it's working quite well, you know, on that. But I just, I didn't hear enough positive stuff about the, about the game, about the game itself to actually make me want to play it. People are saying, that's oh, okay. Mm. Like, well, there's, there's, a, there's a few sites, I mean, a lot of the smaller sites, I think, and I don't want to be like, to disparage him, but I know a lot of I think a lot of journalists would get carried away by the hype as well, and yeah, especially people that are running smaller, not yourself, smaller blogs, <laughs> no, not smaller blogs, no. But I mean, I think a lot of people here um, who were really, really looking forward to it were, were ready to give it a ten out of ten, you know, mm-hmm. in that way. And I think unless it had been really, really bad, you know, so uh, the way I can sort of see it's it seemed to be like a eight out of ten, seven, eight out of ten game, and the bugs are bringing it down further than that on average. So um, maybe I'll play it over here a bit more, but if probably not, not really that incentivized to play it. I mean, for me, Cyberpunk 2077 is a lot more my street than I mm. Like I said, I mentioned, I mentioned earlier, Harry, in terms of Bethesda games, I mean, Starfield is a lot more interesting to me than Fallout or Skyrim because that, that sort of setting and theme yeah. is a lot more interesting to me. And the same can be said for Cyberpunk over The Witcher, anyway. And I'm... I'm not, I was one of those people who sort of got caught up in that in that sort of initial hype for it because the, because again the setting and the yeah. theme and all that there just sort of spooked me, and also because because of that I felt a lot more excited for it than I would say Lotion Free because you know because at that point CDPR had sort of proven itself mm-hmm. with Lotion anyway I think. Besides the bugs and sort of broken aspect of the game, in a way, I think the other thing that sort of tied, 
uh, actually carried over from the Witcher is actually somewhat the overwhelming nature of mm. the sort of quest design and world design in that game and how they both sort of mesh together. And that's sort of evident as well in um, Cyberpunk as well, beyond the Witcher, so I think. Yeah. I, I, I played the... Um, like the last time I left it anyway, which I think was earlier this year, I, I, I played the section of the game that they sort of demoed just after they re-announced it at E3. Yeah. And it was, it, was, it was fine. It was fine, I guess, but it's not... It wasn't, oh my God, this is best game ever. Yeah. Sort of screaming from the rooftops type wordy game basically. Yeah, actually, to to, to, want, to want to put me off at the start, like not playing it, but whenever they announced it was gonna be a first person shooter. Yeah. Or first, and I was, or you know, that was a lot of the action. It's it's so hard to get that right. Mm. Like I didn't know um I did so what did the play I played um not Fallout but the outer outer worlds mm. and the, the shooting and that is some funky stuff. Do you know it's like it doesn't I I I played a lot of, I played, I played a lot of Destiny too Destiny. So like that's really really tight. Yeah. You know, if you want to play a shooter, that that's you know that's on console that feels amazing. Like every time you shoot a gun, you got feedback. It hits the right target. You know you know what you're doing. Anyone who I've seen who's sort of moved into that, you know, from a sort of narrative game first as well. Obviously, what's your third person? It just it can be really hard to get that right. And I thought you know, studio probably like red having money to hire someone you know, or hire people. Maybe they can do it, but I'm not gonna assume that they know how to make a good first person shooter so like some moving i think it actually if cyberpunk had been a uh, third person i think it would have had more a bit more uh you know a bit more hype myself thinking oh they're, they're just doing you know they know how to do this if it had been a, light, a lightsaber rather than a you know a first person gun you know that would have been like okay they know how to do third person games with good narrative Although, you know i'm a bit more excited now it was that it was that name for screenshots of the guns and the hands i'm like oh they're doing a first person shooter i i don't really like that the best of times when i'm walking around talking i didn't i like the um uh, what do you call that? Those games um, on your it's another, it's another Bethesda published game, but it's uh, it's the arcane magic one. Dishonored. 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 Yes, sorry. So I, I enjoyed the, the, I enjoyed those two. But what put me off was that it was first person. Mm-hmm. You know, so like first person with the hands, and it's not a tight shooter, so it puts me off. But then uh, there was enough gameplay and never short enough that he, that he enjoyed. So I'm guessing games like Dishonored and Mirror's Edge, which Mirror's Edge. Or at least the first Mirror's Edge had guns, but there wasn't the sort of yeah. big focus like games like that. Then right? they would sort of still sort of put you off, aren't they? Yeah, I think yeah. If you're um, yeah, first person that isn't just a gun, <laughs> uh, you know, the, uh, it's something about walking up to someone and trying to talk to them when it's first person almost puts me off. Just a bit, of, uh, just going up and like, and I that's why I've I've never played Skyrim. Like uh, like my wife has played. I've seen enough of it. She must have played like. Two, three hundred hours of that game. Well, over different. She played like a hundred hours, one hundred and twenty hours on one, and then I spent hundred hours and her PS Vita broke. I had to get it fixed, fix the hard drive, and then restore, save, and played another twenty hours, and then went on the end. She opened up the. She must have got it on PS Four or something, and then as opposed to PS Three, and then played it again another eighty hours, and then she got the VR version and played. Probably about hundred hours in a row. <laughs> I was like, get out of there! You're not here. You don't live in the matrix. Uh, <laughs> like it was actually, you know, that, I bought it. I bought out the PSVR for Christmas because she wanted to play Skyrim VR. Mm. And then I came downstairs, and it had been like a month, like a month or two later. I thought she wasn't going to bother playing it, and she must have just got some time. Must have just found some time to herself. I, I was working upstairs or whatever, and came down, and she was wearing a headset. And I was like, oh, she's actually she's playing, she's getting up, she's playing up. And then, so she took off the headset, and she was like, oh, you know, you know the way they say, 
uh, VR can make you like a bit dizzy or something. I was like, I sort of am feeling a bit dizzy. I think you know, it might be the people that it might be one of them people that it affects. Mm. I was like, oh, how long? How long we plan for? She's like, oh, like four, four hours. <laughs> and I was like, you were, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, you were in that headset for four straight hours. <laughs> no fucking wonder. Yeah. I said, no wonder your eyes. I mean, if you sit and watch TV that close for four hours, you'd have a you'd have a a, bu- a buzzing headache. So she's like, well, that's okay then. And then so she put about another, I think probably about another 80 hours into it in VR. And then I, 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 gave it a, I did give it a go in VR and I was really impressed. I, I, I did feel like I was in another, another place. It's still a bit low res for me and mm. on, the, on that some stuff, a bit, a bit of pixelation, but still I feel like I'm not getting the best out of the art direction, which uh. is obviously a big, a big, you know, a big love of mine. Um, but um, yeah, even just seeing two hands on a sword puts me off. I'm like, and I, and I see her hacking, slashing people, and you know, like, and it just looks, it just, just looks weird. You know that it, it's the worst animation. You know, you just go chink, chink, chink. It's sort of it's, it's so seeing two hands and talking RPG puts me off. Mm. I I think the fact that you mentioned as well that sort of, sort of transition of how CD Projekt went from basically third person RPG to first person shooter RPG, um, in turn, and it, it could be used as a case example of how not to transition. I think on the opposite scale of that, and it's a game we actually mentioned earlier is. Gorilla and how they did it from Killzone to Horizon basically because Killzone um, besides Killzone 2 Killzone was a okay-ish first person shooter um, although Killzone 3 was not a great game if I'm being honest like a great looking game but still not a great game but Horizon was and bear in mind this was a brand new a brand new IP in a genre they hadn't done before and was basically pretty much going to be a showcase game for the PlayStation 4 on a first party level. Like when the PlayStation 4 was about midway through its cycle. And I think how Gorilla managed that transition into from Killzone the Horizon was nothing short of impressive and nothing short of incredible. How they managed to do that is just beyond brilliant and I think that's sort of why people are definitely looking forward to Horizon 2 anyway. Yeah. Because it's just so... Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what else to be yeah, said. Yeah, really, really good. But in uh, saying that, actually, uh, you know, because I, I hadn't said, you know, um, Cyberpunk, and people said actually the first-person shooter stuff is actually quite good. Do you know that they say, uh, actually, you know... That, that, it's that, all that, right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's yeah. okay. So I heard it was better than what you'd, you'd expect for, yeah. for, for a, a first-time developer doing yeah, you know, yeah, that yeah, stuff, yeah. but uh, and it's quite fun. But it didn't seem like it was at the level of Destiny, obviously. No, no, no. I think what what Destiny 2 has there is that already it has um, a developer that's sort of already entrenched yeah. in, in the FPS genre yeah. and Bungie. They know how to sort of nail down properly good first-person shooter gameplay there. I think that's sort of why yeah. Destiny is able to sort of nail down that element. Because yeah. Bungie's sort of learned a lot of that from Halo yeah. anyway. And like, like for me, like for a while, I was only playing Destiny. Do you know it was like I was doing raids of people on, online and stuff, and doing a lot of um, do you know that sort of thing where I was, I was playing for a while every night. You know, whenever I get a chance. And yeah. Was, uh, so it was like I, I played a lot of that game. You know, so I was so entrenched in that sort of like that feedback loop. You know, of like you know, nice vibration, nice shit, nice tight shots to people down. That uh, any other first person shooter feels that felt a bit, you know, even like going back to like. I think with the Halo, Halo 5 came out after that. I don't know, Halo 5 but it came out after the first Destiny, I think. Yeah. And it was, still, it was still fun, you know, like, but just not having, even, it didn't even feel like the shooting was a tight anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, it felt uh, a bit looser than Destiny. And then going to Destiny 2, felt, you know, tighter again and even better. So, um, 
any first person shooter is really going to need a lot to sort of like appeal to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, so back on The Witcher then, um, what else do you like about The Witcher 3 then that we've not touched upon here? Uh, I think I sort of didn't mention before, but a lot of my love of the game doesn't necessarily come from like directly from Planet. It's from I don't want to say memes, like because I'm not really a meme person. I don't really um, I don't really get them. <laughs> do you know? I, I know that I, I just seen like a lot, you know a lot of people making in jokes, but that's exactly why I like the Witcher. Cause I, can make, cause I, I can make it's like oh I actually like this property. I can make in jokes about it, but it's it's not the one. It's, it's sort of like you know not not the almost the one that are online, but just like a group of friends that ended up. You know, like someone would well, play Skyrim, but she didn't. Um, outside of Skyrim, she would have played a lot of like Nintendo style stuff. And for a while, she she hated three D games. Mm. She was like, keep my two D stuff, you know. And then she moved into Skyrim, and that was her one game that she that she used, you know, three D. Um, but then once she moved into she moved into Witcher, and she loved it. And just again, the same sort of like silly, you know, like silly catchphrases and the one-offs and the you know even the tropes of the, the game itself were like repeated dialogue where like looks like and I got sort of like what else what else like the wind wind wind's howling and all, all these little things and just like so then you know then uh, again it was one of her friends and she um I don't think she was a big gamer at all I think or um her husband like a uh, friend she he he would have had a PS4 and he played The Witcher and he was playing um uh Red Dead Two and she picked him up. And now she's played all through uh, The Witcher like three times. She went back and she bought the first two on Steam and she read those. She read all the books. So I think it may, it may have been something to do with Garrett himself. Uh, but uh, at the end, she's, uh, she only plays games that have like uh, older rough men that are looking after um, <laughs> looking after young daughter types. Our, our young kids that just played God of War. Particularly for you to start the Exactly. So, so, so like, she really enjoyed the, the God of War, where it was, it was the old bearded guy looking after yeah, the kid. Uh, and it's yeah. really like this. <laughs> so it's like, we're sort of making fun of her, have you got a type? Um, but, uh, but she really got into the franchise and someone who wasn't traditionally a gamer. Do you know? So like, so then just a few of us were all like, you know, just, just like sending rubbish, you know, like silly. And they all, went to, they all had drinks and played went together and just... So it's, it's all those little things that actually come, it's that whole like, um, there's so much silly silly stuff you can laugh about and it comes out and expands beyond the game itself and becomes a bit of a, a cultural, no, I wouldn't say much is a cultural phenomenon, but it's definitely, uh, there's cultural touchstones there that you mm. can sort of refer to and it becomes, you know, all the silly things and silly uh, silly glitches and stuff. And mm. just, I think all, all, the, all the stuff that maybe, you would have thought if you were, you know, building this game and you were, if you were trying to build a serious site or a, a serious fantasy game, you would go through QA and cut that stuff out. We're like, oh, it's, it's really silly when he wants to play Gwent. Oh, it's really silly when he has a super side quest in the middle of a serious story. But they're the things that actually really reach out to you and make the game fun and you can talk about outside of the game and actually make the whole experience more interesting. Hmm. Um, what didn't you like about the game? What didn't I like about the game? Um, I was hit and miss on being forced to play as Siri. Sorry. I know um, our powers are quite different, and I didn't mind it for a start. I was like, oh, it's something different. I get to play as her, I get to speed around and do something different. I just thought sometimes you're just thrown out of your own, you know, if you're playing that story, you're thrown out into a different section, and you're like, oh, this could have been optional, and then I could have went any time I wanted, rather than being forced at a certain time to leave your own story and pick up another person's story. Mm-hmm. Uh, I said, I'm going to say your own, I mean, girl, <laughs> not, not me personally. <laughs> you know, this is my, I am girl. Um, yeah, so uh, I t- I didn't say I hated those parts, but um, 
and they were they were they were fun whenever you actually got to do it. But sometimes it just felt a bit long, and they were at, they were at the wrong time. Mm. Um, that's not like I I just in general I hate crafting. I hate deep crafting games. So having to you know pin your recipes and stuff on the things to try and make them is a bit annoying. I, I wish. Uh, for my, for me personally, I wish that sort of stuff was a little bit more streamlined. Where um, it took me a while to catch on. Uh, some I I'll really nitpick some of the menus which let me slowly load. <laughs> you know, I mean I, I don't want to go too far into that. Some some of the some of the immediate stuff. Uh, obviously you can go deeper and deeper in, in the, as a as a game player, but that stuff went too deep for me. You know, sort of like combining the mutagens by color just to get a tiny perk, and it just it felt like I sort of I played it a bit and then didn't really touch it until very near the end of the game where it felt like I needed a, a little boost in my, in my skills. So a lot of that stuff was just a bit too too deep without a proper tutorial from without. But I mean, it's good, it's good as there, I suppose, for, uh, for other players who, who do want to go deeper, but it, it didn't really hold that much interest to in me in those, in those sub-menus. Hmm. Um, we can't really sort of compare the trilogy and sort of provide a top three list because you've not played one too. Um, so, what... Would actually no. I'm skipping a, a question here. Like, um, what would you change from a design point of view? Oh, that's a big question. Uh, the one, yeah, the, the thing that's probably moved on since then is is the fast travel. Uh, it's just you had to reach a certain post on the road before you could travel. Um, which can be a bit irritating if you had to, you know, go along a path for about twenty seconds before you just hit. You know, travel somewhere else. So that instead of just being able to go through your map, which is which is always quite handy. Uh, again, these are just you know little small things. They're probably combat does does need to sort of like a, an update now. You know, like I say, I went back and found it quite difficult. Uh, going back, you know, a couple of years later. Um, probably just need. Yeah, I, I know I have an option in it where you can take away the natural, um, natural turning mm. of Geralt. So you can walk in and you know if, you, if, you, if, you, if you're Start walking backwards and you sort of do, do a three set or do a, a U turn. Mm. There's a bit, there's a bit of an animation. Nah. It sort of takes, takes. It feels a little bit sluggish, and you can turn it off so that he just he spins around and walks back. I think it actually might be nice to have something like that in the combat. You know where you can actually make the animations a bit more, a bit less realistic. But that's a big ask. You know that you're almost asking for two different systems there. But you know that uh, one based on speed and one based on anima animation quality. Um, that's a change. That's probably it. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, so can we give uh, a top three list on which games because you've only <laughs> you've only played three. We can't. Well, okay. Well, yeah. But which is three? <laughs> number one, which is three? Number two, which is three? Number three, which are three? <laughs> um, so yeah, we can't we can't give a list um, basically. But um, with that, I've got that in mind. Like um, considering um, how long has it been now? It's been six years. Coming up seven now. Um, by the time this nearly comes out, um, what uh, it's it's one it's become one of the more beloved RPGs of all time. Certainly one of the more critical critically acclaimed games of all time. Um, what do you think is Double Trouble's legacy in that regard? Um, going forward, you mean, or what? I mean, I mean, like... I mean, in general, I mean, in general. I, I think it's I think it's a strong it's almost like a, it's a really good character 
it doesn't do anything. <laughs> does, that, does that make sense? There's there's uh, there's a character, the girl, that um, it's very understated, but plain. It doesn't feel like he's a blank canvas either. And I think having that character interact with this massive world, I think that, like you've seen, I mean, the Witcher TV series wouldn't have happened without the game, even though it's based on the books, mm-hmm. technically. Do you know, it's, it's, taken, it's taken the brand you know, from, from, the, from the game. And I think when you just see that, um, that really interesting world full of, you know, really uh, horrific monsters and the sort of, like, queens and, you know, like kings and stereotypes and princesses in that way, and you put this sort of like um, you put this character who is so close to winging at the camera every t- in in there and having and having so much fun with it that I think that really made the game work and that's something that people are going to try and you know or have been trying to copy or you know or at least take on from them. I think that's probably um, the big legacy that's, that's leaving behind. So yeah, some of the games I was thinking about, uh, quite a recent game is Dead Cells. Love it. Uh, give me so much uh, uh, like adrenaline and uh, yeah, just just that. I've, I've, I've been waiting for a game this that sort of speed, sort of that, that sort of speed, that sort of um, you know that gameplay, the instant that uh, that constant <laughs> that constant feedback that um, you know keeps you really uh, keeps you really. What's the word like a serotonin rush? Mm. And and uh, I actually had to delete the game from Switch because I was just dipping into it um, too often, and so you know that that more more runs became too many runs, so it's um it's gone now. But uh, I love that. Uh, I thought it was just a really really brilliant. Um, and and I generally don't like pixel games, although we end up playing those of them because that's they tend to be the side scrollers that you know that have um, come from like the side the Sonic and the Mario from you know you know. Uh, very early game in this um, yeah that, that was a really brilliant game um, let me see what was the funnily enough um, what I started playing last year was fantasy football mm. which isn't a console game isn't anything it's basically um, that uh, Venn diagram of people who like football and math <laughs> so uh, you know it's just uh, people are like I, I, I don't watch football I don't um, I don't follow any team uh, it's basically just yeah, funnily enough, it feels like it's a live RPG, is how I sort of describe it. Where you pick your eleven players, uh, you have a budget, so you have uh, and you have your they all have their own stats. And the weekend, those players go out and play football in real life. You know, it's people from like Man United and stuff go out and play football, and you get a score based on their performance and their goals. And so, and you get to make the, the big thing then is you get to make one free transfer every every week. So you're out there scouting the stats. 
you're like you're getting advice on fantasy football <laughs> websites and this is like from me I say I didn't watch a single thing you know last year at all I started playing this game and it's just become a wee it's become a hobby you know instead of going in and just picking that best that best squad and, and once you're in a league you're competing with other players who, who you know and you want to beat them so it's a real it's a real brilliant mesh of like you know that sort of like that mainstream football um fans and and people who like playing games and who like switching in and I'm obviously coming from that who's and I still haven't watched the game you know I, I'm only checking the scores and that's it uh so what else um beyond this I, I was very tempted to go for Ocarina of Time mm-hmm. I love that game or I love that game it's uh, again, my wife went, went and bought it, played it for the first time when it came out on the Switch, you know, the, the, the cloud version. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I remember just a few things like you know, not being able to jump without jumping off a ledge. That was not what happened. Uh, you could sort of hop over a ledge, but you couldn't, there was no jump button. Thing. So I think it might be a bit too fun for me to go back to and play myself. But that was, um, that was a game that I absolutely loved. And even we've been, ourselves, we've been trying to get that, um, that music playing sort of like mechanic. And a, a sort of modern version version for a while and um, haven't found anything sort of that is as good or uh, you know we had a few prototypes but we tried to build stuff like that you but said you said you were playing ocarina on switch right my wife was playing it on switch yeah, yeah. i think uh, i think it was it on switch it would have been on the yeah is, no, that, is I, that part I of the cloud i don't know if it was uh, if it's even been no because they're not making n64 games available yet on switch is it, is it wii u the end of the end maybe of the maybe wii u maybe yeah. wii u or the 3DS version, is it? Well, she hasn't got a 3DS, so oh, okay. it, it, it might have been the end of the Wii U. Or yeah. The, yeah. I think she's playing it on TV, so she had something yeah, like yeah. that. Either that or the, or the, or the Switch version. Um, uh, yeah, so if, if it isn't, I think she played. She's also playing the one that's like a top-down one, uh, but it's like 3D. Uh, uh, oh, 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 Link's Adventure. Yeah. And Link's Awakening, sorry. Yeah, and she was playing one maker as well. So are they all, were they all at the end of the Wii U? Mm. I know, Link's Awakening was on Switch. I don't oh, yeah, I yes, it was easy to she went from one to the other, so I don't know, it's through a TV, so uh, yeah, so um, yeah, she's kind of on that, I think, anyway. Um, is there, is there not, I thought that the board, is there a new Mario going on the background again? No, new Mario, so Mario Odyssey and Super Mario 3D World are, are a port of Super Mario 3D World uh, from Wii U is mm. on Switch, anyway. Okay. So Odyssey and 3D World port are on Switch. Uh, Skyward Sword and Breath of the Wild and Link's Awakening's remake is on Switch. Mm. Ocarina, Majora, and Ocarina, Majora, and Wind Waker are not on. Okay. Uh, and uh, Twilight Twilight Princess aren't on Switch mm. yet, but because of the Nintendo Switch Online expansion, uh, Ocarina and Majora should be on there soon. Oh, okay. So. Yeah, I, I didn't finish Majora, so I might go back and. Um, any others? Mass Effect was a was a big one, uh, but it's been so long now that I sort of forget half their names. So it's, you know half the characters' names, so I wouldn't. Uh, I don't think I could really talk about it. But it was the first. I think it was the first game that I borrowed off someone. So mm-hmm. like people, it was, it was recommended by a friend, and then he gave me the whole. He must have given me the first two, and then the third one was coming out. Whenever I was, whenever I was playing three sixty again quite mm-hmm. early on, and it was like um, so it was a it was brilliant. Really, really, um, it, it was the first time really getting into them because I, I played you know, Gears and stuff and I played Halo, yeah. but the stories are pretty, you know, action packed story. But it's the first time I really got really invested in the characters. And, um, no, I didn't try and shag everyone, <laughs> I think I saved myself for Tully, yeah, yeah. with the visors, right? yeah. yeah. I, I always say because I, I, I can see myself <laughs> in, a, 
<laughs> no, maybe perverse way. But um, yeah, I think um, yeah, so it, it was really close. Um, yeah, I think those were sort of the top top few. Um, top three games. What would they be? Which are at the top? What was your top? And, and I mean, probably you know, you know, probably would be like Mass Effect would be up there, and Arcoina. Probably put them three up there. It is weird, like I would say, like I had more instant bump with dead, dead cells, so I'd be tempted to bump one of them off for dead cells and put it back up there again. Uh, yeah, let's let's say Witcher three. Uh, <laughs> Witcher three, and then let's just stick in dead cells there for for a bit of, bit of most recent fun, and then put Ocarina above Mass Effect. Yeah, more in terms of the feeling that I had when I first played them, you know, like wow, this is something different. This is you know, this is this is what I've been waiting for. One, so. Yeah. Episodes, but uh, we get to talk brand new games. Ooh. We get to talk brand new games. We get to talk about someone making a brand new game, Jennifer Wilde. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'd like to talk to me about what was the sort of process and trying to come up with that concept. And yeah, so actually, I, I, I drew the comic for Jennifer Wilde about 10 years ago. So um, it was uh, Rob from, comic, from Atomic Diner, they're, they're, they're a comic publisher mm. down, in, down in Dublin. And Maureen McHugh, who was the writer, and we um so uh, and then I come on from, from the early from the early stage of that to design the characters and basically draw the comic from there. Mm. So um so yeah, I, I drew that first three issues, which is what we're adapting for for the game. And drew that uh yeah, about ten years ago now, I guess. And then so after but but just finished Well Heights, which was our body hopping musical adventure game, and we wanted to move into a new. Uh, a new game and, and really focus on the, the, the point and click adventure game audience um, and I was sort of like always in the back of my mind I'd always thought that Jennifer Wilde would be a brilliant detective noir story in a game mm. so I, I said to Rob look I'd love to adapt this into a game so, so I think um, it's a, they also have that benefit of you know there's, there's a story that's ready made mm. and you know that it was nominated for you know won several awards so, so that you know that it was working well with readers and stuff so um, and in the back of my head, it was like this. You know, I, I can imagine these scenes as you know puzzles and point and click adventures. So um, I said to Rob, look, you know, here's Will Knights. This is what we've done. We want to do Jennifer Wilde next. And he, he gave us a little bit of money to build a prototype and bring the NX screen and then put some more money into it. And then sort of got our finishing funds from um, from Kickstarter. Uh, and then the game, uh, the script I had ended up doubling in size. Mm-hmm. So we um sort of said to the backers like we're gonna take a bit longer but we're gonna put our own money into it and make the game you know even bigger 
Mm. Um, so yeah, so like, it, it was good, but it was great having that three issues, you know, just to sort of build off. And, and so obviously, as I'm doing it, I also have a, you know, I've, readers will see what's happening on the page, but in my mind, there's more happening, you know, there's more context, more backstory. And sort of being able to get that into, into a bigger, wider game is, um, is really, is really, really cool. And we'll have more to come back on again, more, more of the dialogue and obviously the whole, the whole story for, for Jennifer Wilde. So she's coming into um, she's doing all the dialogue pass. I, I'm basically taking the comic, doing doing game design and direction over, you know, taking that and, and sort of putting it into game design, and then more is taking my game design and doing a dialogue pass on all the characters, adding more depth and more 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 chat. Mm-hmm. And she, she just it's just a, you know, at times you're like, oh, I wonder do you know, uh, more is like, oh, I can't you know get to it for a while. And it's like, well, do you want another writer to you know, help write and stuff? And <laughs> I just can't. There's nobody else has has the voice. Mm. Of you know of of uh of Jennifer and um and she does a really brilliant Oscar as well. Just like uh, uh, the way the game works, you know, I say uh, when I'm first doing the game design, it's like, hello, my name is Jennifer. Hello, my name is Oscar. Let's do this puzzle. Here's a clue. Blah blah. And it, so it's all very much designy uh, and sort of like narrative design. Um, and then you know more comes in and it becomes two characters that are alive and chatting and banter and a bit of a bit of snarkiness and it's like yeah that's it's felt like it always it was always meant to be there that was always meant to be how it was, was, was going to be so um, yeah that's um, so the, the, the very basic story is then that um, in the first a few mild spoilers but in the first sort of scene um, Jennifer's father dies and it just suspects there's been a murder so she um, goes to his hotel room. And find the locket. And as a kid, she can see ghosts, which is a partial loss that she sort of grew up. But she tries. She hated Joel Osment before hated Joel Osment. So um, you know, so now she um, she tries to funnel this you know this lost power and tries to call back her, her dad's ghost. But she accidentally calls back the ghost of Oscar Wilde. It turns out uh, Oscar and her father had an affair together. So there's more. Um, she actually didn't know a lot about her father when he was alive. And just learning more about him after he dies. So it's a sort of a game of like lost opportunities and not and not getting to know anybody, really getting to know someone when they're alive. Um, so basically, it's it's um it's Jennifer and Oscar after sort of sidekick, and they uh, travel around from France to London and Ireland, and basically have to solve the mystery of Jennifer's father's death. Hmm. Um, talk to me about the about the sort of art influence and especially sort of coming from that sort of comics background and then sort of transitioning into video games like. How you sort of found a place to sort of level the two out in terms of it's looked anyway? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it was one of the big goals of forming the company. You know, part of the reason, obviously, you know, the Outsiders was influenced by the Comic Book Outsiders podcast, but also um, we were also like you know two people that weren't making games before or had, had very limited experience in making games mm-hmm. in the industry and coming from comics and programming. And we were not looking from outside the industry, coming in trying to make something a bit different. So yeah, we're taking out our influences, and we basically wanted to make it look like a moving, a moving comic book. Um, so what we've been doing so far is um, a sort of a two point five D approach. Mm-hmm. So far, we're well on the heights. You know, all the characters are all hand drawn. All the um, you know, all, all the all the backgrounds are hand drawn, but they're placed together in a in a three D scene in Unity. Mm-hmm. So it does feel like you're you're walking around in a world. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it has its, it has its pros and its cons. You know, it looks it looks lovely. Sometimes it can look a bit, you know, like a pop up book if you, if you don't do it. You know, it takes a lot of work to make it look to make it look right and make it. Uh, if it's a comedy like we all uh, sort of half comedy like we all heights, and you know you can sort of get away with that. But with Jennifer Wilde, we wanted to make it a bit more, you know, uh, 
but they're gonna have things popping up and just looking a bit more a bit fake. So it's more um it's more like a, a side scrolling uh, adventure game. So you sort of you, just, you only move the side to side, sort of taking out the depth. Um, I think it's working really well. Like I think so. I, I sort of give I give uh, for Jennifer Wilde I give John who's our, our artist uh, John McFarlane he drew basically like all of Jennifer Wilde uh, like ninety five percent of Jennifer Wilde and we um I gave him the comic and showed him that sort of black and white grey scale that I'd done for the comic I think the comic was was done that way because Rob uh, loves that sort of like a pulpy pulpy noir comics that yeah. were all published in the sort of like the forties stuff. Oh, black and white, uh, and I think it is cheaper to print. To, print, to be honest, I think that that might have that might have helped. But at the same time, The Walking Dead was out and it was doing really well in, in black and white. Um, and I thought, God, would it not look really awesome if we actually did an ink white style, but as a video game? Mm-hmm. You know, with, with all that sort of like, you know, it looks like it's, it's on a pencil and ink and it has like an ink wash. So I showed I showed John the comic and he basically um, took that, but also you know he obviously took he, he, he put his own style into it, which is like really really heavily detailed and a lot more um, a lot more like. Uh, he does a lot more research, puts a lot more, like, you know, he spends a lot more time drawing all those scenes, and they're, they're absolutely beautiful when you see them. Mm. Um, so, and then, it's already won, you know, it's already won a few awards for its art direction, you know, it's, um, and he, he does, yeah, God, God, John always does a brilliant job when you, when you ask him to do something. So. Mm. Um, it's worth mentioning, considering the, the sort of noir aspect of it, um, did you ever get to play L.A. Noir? Yes, yeah, played that on the, on the 360, I think. Yeah. What do you think? All right. <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, I think that I... There was a time when uh, I expected too much from games. Mm. Where, uh, so yeah, basically they were saying, like, you know, you're going to be able to read the players' facial expressions and see a lot about it. But I obviously thought these characters were, were double bluffing me. <laughs> you know? exactly. yes. so, so I was like, well, he's like... He's you know sort of like turned his head to the side. He's obviously wants me to think it's a lie, mm-hmm. so he's being too obvious about it. Exactly. So it must be the truth, uh, you know, like that. And then that's why I sort of went and we got, and they were like, "No, no, didn't you see that he winked?" They're like, "What?" Uh, so it, it was a weird, um, and, I, and I think I don't know if they did end up end up bluffing you. And at the end of the, the conversation, you're like, "I could have been anything. I could have, I could have, I would have been more times to get it right if I had a randomly guessed, you know, the answers and the fields so many missions." So um, yeah, so it was interesting. It was interesting. Uh, I enjoyed it, but I could de- I definitely saw the flaws in it, and it wasn't quite ready for what it wanted to be. Yeah, I think it also what sort of impacts Eleanor for me is just I I I I don't mind realistic graphics. I love realistic graphics if they're used well, but like Eleanor, especially in regards to the facial models, just mm-hmm. felt like too uncanny valley for me. Yeah, I think it it was very weird having that like. And, and it's still a case in many games where you have like this really awesome detailed character, detailed face, detailed hair, and, and, and they come in wearing a suit, it looks like it's made of cardboard, and you're like, hello, and you're like, well, what, why, why is there a floating face coming in on top of this really bland, horrible suit model? And I, that's, there's a, obviously there's a lot of, you know, people putting work into that, and it's, I think, well, a lot of people probably saw their faces being ruined by mm-hmm. those, and they put a lot of budget and time into the faces, but uh, it did, it, 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 it was even worse than Uncanny Valley because, it was only the face was doing it, you know, and it, it did feel like it was, it was a separate game that was like, like almost like you played the game with those faces and they stuck a background, including the bodies mm. around those faces. It's a little weird. Yeah. I, just to sort of preface that, I, like I say a lot about sort of the facial models being on Kevin Valley and a lot there. I, I, it's, I'm not saying that just to solely kick, solely kick on the game because I yeah. do love Eleanor a lot, a lot yeah. more than probably a lot of other people, mm. but like that aspect, 
and to a lesser extent the interrogation aspect just sort of like uh, could have been a lot better um the other thing that I sort of wanted to pick on in regards to Jennifer Wilde anyway is just sort of the transition and I think you might have alluded to it there is that transition from um Wildland Heights in terms of it's a bit more of a colourful game whereas with Jennifer mm. Wilde it's black and white anyway yeah it is a bit of thought I think it was you know sort of I had a look at the comic and went do you know there's something here I think there is because uh, Jennifer Wilde set in the 1920s yeah where he's, you know would have had a lot of um, obviously newsprint then was black and white and mm. any sort of comics that printed on newsprint would have been would have been the same um, but we had that sort of like that illustrative ink wash over the top of it which is you know still black and white so I think it and then obviously you have a lot of the noir films which were all filmed and, and not produced mm. in black and white so I, I just thought and I went with it a test and you know it went down really well people thought it really really looked well I thought it, I, thought, I think it just stands out I, mean, I know like funnily enough black and white stand out amongst the colour um, but it does it makes it look different it gives it you know, its own unique style something that I really want you know, I think if you look at Will Heights you can look at the comic book and the sort of like the, the animation influence and it doesn't really look like any other games, you know, on the market. And then if we look at Jennifer Wilde, it's the same sort of thing. I think if you saw a screenshot of this game, um, you would say, oh, that, is, that, is that from your game, Jennifer Wilde? Because, you know, it looks different from everything else. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's part, of the, part of the big reason. Just want something to stand out and something that looks basically, basically cool. Mm. Um, talk to me as well, then, about some of the glasses just sort of bringing it over from uh, when it has the um, Jennifer Wilde, anyway, in terms of the point and click aspect anyway because it feels like because uh, you say as well like it's um like it's a 2.5 sort of platformer uh, point and click type game as well anyway, anyway how do you sort of m- mesh those elements together and make it feel a lot more cohesive anyway yeah so with Beyond Heights I was I was being a bit selfish and you know I, I only play with console I only play with um controller mm-hmm. or I did then as I say I was being more of a console player than anything else so I was just like, yeah, you know, it's just the way the game is. I think we played, um, there was games like um, Zunk, made, um, they made um, Stick It To The Man. It was a big, it had a platform aspect, which we, we don't have, but um, it was, uh, I thought, okay, you know, you, you can make this sort of like, you know, uh, I, I don't, I'm not even sure if you really heard the term point and click back mm. then. It was just like, let's make a game where you do a lot of talking and solve the mystery through puzzles. And then someone was like, yes, even that's called an adventure game. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Um, but um, uh, yeah, yeah. So it was um, it, yeah. So I basically ignored the the point and click aspect. I did. I mean, vaguely, I knew that you know that that's another way you can play these games. But I thought sort of the modern audience have moved on and they were maybe playing with controller. Um, and some of the feedback was no, we want to play point and click because <laughs> obviously it did launched on Steam first, and they were like, you 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 built up a point and click game without any point and clicking. We're like. I, I can know, so it, so it is. It was a weird um, it was a weird hybrid of sort of modern controls and, and uh, self control uh, walking around or um, direct control walking along around and talking. I so it works well for me. Um, but for Jennifer Wilde, I thought, well, build up from the start and give players the option. You know, so um, so it works in both. You, you can directly control uh, both Jennifer and Oscar, and you can walk around the scene. But it, like I say, we're, we're taking away the depth, so it is a it's a it's a it's a side scroller, and a, there is like a three like sort of two point five D scene, but the but the side scroll action is side to side, so like like a, like a smaller uh, say a game that's actually um more more directed towards that sort of point and click audience, and you can point and click the whole way through. Uh, and then funnily enough, now I point and click is my favorite way of playing the game. So um, I just I prefer having the freedom to click on objects rather than having to walk with Jennifer. So um yeah, so uh, it's gonna happen. Mm. 
sort of like that semblance of, oh, I see what they mean now. Exactly. Yeah, it's like, okay, <laughs> oh, so click on an object instead of having to walk to it, then press a button. It's like it works well for console, but yeah, I can see why it's like, you know, why, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, uh, when, where, let's go Jennifer Wilde? Yeah. Uh, I'd say probably, uh, we're, we're going to go out this year, but um, it needs another, needs another dialogue pass and it might then hit the Christmas rush. So I might um, might delay until uh, early next year. But uh, <laughs> have a look on our Twitter feeds and see when we're going to do it. I haven't, I haven't announced a proper, a proper launch date yet. Um, but it's soon, very soon. Mm. So I mean, it, it's basically, it, it's playable from start to finish. I just need another pass and dialogue. Mm. So. Um, it might actually be a better time this comes. So, yeah, so back to work better And the where. Oh yeah, so we're going to release on Steam first. Mm. Uh, but I guess if you if you follow our socials, you'll get a, you'll get a better idea of links and stuff. Um, so it's uh, Outsider Games mm. on Twitter, and we also have Outsider Games on Discord <laughs> and Outsider Games on Facebook. <laughs> Funnily enough, uh, yeah, we got those. Um, and then OutsiderGames.com, which uh, and there's a mail list there as well if you want to actually sort of keep up to it. But if you go to the, the, the Jennifer Wilde, it's, the, the full title is Jennifer Wilde Unlikely Revolutionaries. And if it's there's a waste list page on or a steam page there now. So if anyone wants to waste list it or bad if it's out. Or, or, or at least have a look at the trailer. It's there for you. Um finally, I feel like you just basically did the fucking thing I asked you I, to I, do it. I, well, I wasn't like, sure if that was a prompt or uh, No, it wasn't a prompt. I was just saying <laughs> <laughs> the reason I was, I was saying when where was just basically are you gonna put this on consoles at some point yeah. and all that? Hopefully, hopefully, it's, hopefully it's at some point, but uh, if we're gonna launch on PC. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening to My Favourite Game, a podcast by PlayDiaries.com where people from the games industry come on to talk of their favourite game. If you want to listen to future episodes of My Favourite Game, as well as press play before they go live publicly on PlayDiaries and other podcast platforms, please consider becoming a $2 tier podcast early access patron to your Patreon at patreon.com slash playdiaries. Next week, Jess Campbell on Ratchet and Clank. Until next week, bye-bye.